What's up, everybody? Another episode of Straight Cup coming to you. I am Aaron. This is Mark. And we have a special guest tonight. We have the VP of Sales of Kristoff, Mr. Jared Trudeau himself. Hello, hello, everybody. Man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. I'm slanging and banging. You uh, know how it man, is. Man, it was like, what? Crazy night. Crazy night. It we, was. Just got, we just got Excellent. done. Yeah, we just got done doing an event up here at West End. So we're now sitting back here in the members lounge and we're smoking a special cigar tonight. Mm-hmm. You want to tell everybody what we're smoking? So this is a this is a project that I have been working on for the last two and a half years. It's called the JT Signature. Um, and for all of you listening, it's a like a soft box press Habano. Um, it's a the wrapper is called HVA, which is a Havana Vuelta Abajo or Havana Vuelta Arriba. There are two different growing regions there. Really famous Cuban growing regions. Yeah. Um, the tobacco isn't widely used um, as such in the premium cigar space right now. Like um, I think uh, Julius Caesar, the Diamond Crown, New yeah. stuff. Yeah. I think they use some HVA, but it's a difficult tobacco to blend around because um, it it has a really kind of medium body profile to it it's really smooth and it doesn't have a lot of like the spice characteristics that a lot of tobaccos have so it's difficult as a wrapper to 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 blend around because you really have to complement it the right way without overwhelming it right because if you want people to taste the tobacco yeah so um it's an hva wrapper uh it has a sumatra binder which in the in the blending world is a really uh, balanced neutral sort of tobacco to work around um and then there's dominican and nicaraguan tobacco in the fillers as well as a half a leaf of san andreas yeah, in the filler. Yeah, yeah so um yeah so this is like my what i think a cigar should taste yeah like, no this it, is this for is, my palate yeah this is this is really really well yeah. made uh this is my the second one second or third yeah. i had it last night for the first time for yeah. sure i don't know if i had one today yet or not we've had really? i've had so many so many yeah. cigars well, today that's we a just long got, time ago well so we it's... just got done with the, with a killer yeah. christoph event oh yeah, yeah. today <laughs> yeah. today <laughs> well we just got that done was now. Ago. we just yeah. got done with a killer christoph event and i've been smoking christophs all night long yeah. um you know you had it last night for the first time it was I mean, banging and right off the bat i mean i was like wow this is really really good I, it's I, super creamy yeah. I, I was uh i think creamy is the word i mean it really from the first taste is really creamy yeah and it really hits you balanced it was uh we were uh, aaron brought me back one so we could yeah so this wouldn't be my virgin uh voyage yeah. on this yeah, which is sometimes what I do on cigars on this. Um, and so we tried it last night and was, so I lit it up and 10 minutes later he circles back on me and goes, so what do you think? And you go, wow. I mean, yeah. this is like, this is like a cream bomb. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the the thing that I took away from last night was how balanced it was. Yeah. Really yeah. nothing, uh, nothing like strikes out a chord. It's really a really smooth and rich smoke really well done and i enjoyed it looking forward to smoking it again tonight i i bought a box i'm a christoph fan from way back we had in the shop in springfield we were huge fans of christoph and so i i i love the the sumatra and the maduro in particular and bought a box of the uh san andreas or bought bought some some of the san andreas tonight to get uh some of the 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 of these um and looking forward to 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 adding this to that rotation so Yeah. yeah You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Kristoff, but uh, this is a nice addition to the line. This is well done. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, no, it's it's really good, and we'll we'll dive into uh, you know more the blend, the size, and, and the the process of what it was, how it was made, how it became to life. You know, later on in the show, but to, we want to learn a little bit, you know, about 
you and yeah. your process and, you know, what got you into this, you know, this trade, not trade, but the, uh, you know, the cigar culture and everything involved around this. And we're also drinking something that you said that we needed to, you know, pair with this cigar because, you know, I told you how we usually drink beer and, uh, you know, have the sponsorship with uh, Stone's Throw, but I was like, you started talking about wines and how it's like it pairs well with especially this one so i was like well what wine do i need to get and uh this one you want to what, what are we having it's the uh, so this is a it's molly duker it's a mclaren vale shiraz mm-hmm. uh from Aust- from australia um and it is uh really big yeah. really fruit forward a lot of dried fruits oh, it's man, got the- some really good muted fruity yeah. notes but the nose is enormous mm-hmm. and i think it complements a cigar as balanced like you said like a cigar as balanced as this, mm-hmm. um, I think something like this, which has those muted tones mm-hmm. but is still really flavorful, yeah. I think that that it, it balances and pairs really well. Yeah, I, I'm a wine guy. I like really, I really enjoy drinking wine. You know, going to a wine bar or whatever. I don't, I don't drink enough wine on the show. I think this is only probably the second or third time we've ever had wine on the show. Um, but yeah, right when you poured it and you gave me the glass, like, I mean, I even said like, oh wow, that you just yeah. smell that just fruit just. I mean, it sounds so cliche, like, oh, you know, grapes, you smell fruit, but you do, you get that, you just get that aroma just right off the, right off the bat really, really well with this cigar. And I can't wait to, uh, you know, go more into it. Um, you know, and Mark's enjoying his diet, Dr. Pepper. I am. It's also <laughs> fruity. I'm not a wine guy. Um, I, so, yeah. It's very fruity. Yeah, it's 23 flavors. 23 flavors. <laughs> 23 flavors. That's unbelievable. The pairing opportunities with Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> right, it is. It's, We're it's, all missing out here, guys. You are. Drinking this I, feel wine. Sad. I feel sad for both of you. <laughs> These terrible palates over here drinking wine with only a couple of flavors. <laughs> yeah, I have 23 of them. Yeah. yeah. But uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what got you into uh, the cigar yeah. industry and, you know, Christoph itself. So, um, so uh, I met Glenn probably... A long, I met Glenn like quite a while ago mm-hmm. uh, at a cigar event in Rhode Island. Actually, my father yes. at, at the time I was an executive for Target, um, and uh, my father was like, "Hey, this Christoph guy is coming to our local cigar shop, and uh, I was wondering if you were had the night off, if you wanted to come and have a, have a cigar and go to the cigar event." I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And so it just so happened I was at the cigar lounge the day before. And I picked up an issue of whatever, Cigar Journal or something like that. And they had an article on Christoph. So I read the article to learn a little bit about the event that I was going to. I didn't, like, do research or anything. I just yeah. I just went to the uh, – I just read the magazine because it was sitting on the fucking table. So I, mm-hmm. so I read the magazine, um, and then I show up to the event the next day. And the owner of the company, Glenn, uh, Glenn Case, a uh, guy from Chicago, uh, he was a VP at one of the top five banks in the country um, – Really smart, good financial mind, but he got himself into the cigar business. Yeah. And um, so he was at the event, and he got up, and he had a couple of drinks, and he was like, um, let's do cigar trivia. Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool little concept. And so for every question you got right, he handed out a free cigar. Nice. Um, and I'm like, that's a cool little concept, right? right? And so he got up, and he started asking all these questions about Christoph as a company and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, there were a hundred guys at this event and it turns out I'm the only one that studied (laughs) because I had just read the article the day before. So he's asking all these questions like, you know, where do we start and blah, blah, blah. What's the company named after? And I'm like rattling off the answers. And I probably fleeced him for like half a box of cigars by the the end of the thing. And so 
he comes up to me. He stops doing the trivia thing or whatever because I literally like if he asked ten questions, he ran out of cigars. Nine of them, right? Right. <laughs> and everybody else in the room is like, "What the fuck?" And Glenn's like, "And Glenn's like, you know, like thinking like I'm some sort of stalker or something like that." And I'm like, I, "This is the first Kristoff I've ever smoked. I just read an article yesterday. Yeah, it's like yeah. two minutes." And so. He starts walking around and he goes from table to table and he thanks everybody for coming to the event. And uh, as he comes to our table, he's like, brother, like, he's like, you're really killing this trivia. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, I know. I know some stuff. <laughs> you know, I really don't. I'm a total moron. Yeah. And so um, he uh, so he thanks everybody for coming to the table. And he, as he's at our table, I notice he's smoking a box press cigar. And I knew Christoph had never made a box press cigar before. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this was a line extension that we did called the Gallerone series. Um, and it was uh, very short-lived. Uh, we made it in a different factory. It was like the first Kristoff that we made in like a different factory that wasn't ours. Mm -hmm. And it was like a little experiment. It was like gloss black boxes. And it didn't look like Kristoff. Yeah. It didn't yeah. have like all the traditional like, hallmarks. I don't know if I would have even seen yeah. that. Yeah. That'd be yeah. interesting to see a glossy Kristoff box. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was weird. It, it didn't look like Kristoff. And we tried it to see like if that high-end sort of marketing yeah. uh, would, would still keep our Kristoff customers and it turns out it didn't. So uh, we put a bullet in his head. Yeah. So um, anyway, so I noticed that he was smoking this box press cigar. And it just so happened that when the time he was at our table, it had burned up to the label. Um, and so he took the label off, threw it in the ashtray, walked away. And so he gets back up again, maybe 10 minutes later or something like that. And he goes, I'm going to ask a question to the room. And if anybody knows the answer, I'm going to give you five cigars. And he's like, what's the name of our new line? And I'm like, oh, fuck, the label's in my ashtray. <laughs> and so I, I knew they didn't make a box press one, right? Yeah. So I, I picked the label out of the ashtray. I read it. It says Gallerones Intensivo. I light the label on fire with my lighter and destroy the evidence because I am, in fact, a, a scumbag street kid. And so and uh, destroyed the evidence. And I raised my hand. And I'm like, that's the Gallerones series. And Glenn, like, runs over to me. And he's like, brother, how did you know that? And I'm like, ah, I'm just real sensitive to the industry, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he's like, what do you do? And I told him I work for Target. And he's thinking like he's got like a Will Hunting on his hands, yeah, right? Like yeah. he's like, he's like, this guy's bagging groceries and he's a fucking savant. And I'm like, I, I'm like, at the time I was like an executive, right? So I just look, I've always looked young and, uh, you know, whatever. So, and I was young then. It was probably, you know, 10 years ago or something. Yeah. And or more. And so... Uh, he's like, make a resume. I'm like, oh, I'm, I went to law school. Like, I'm like, I got a fucking resume, right? Like, he's like, <laughs> he, and he's like, and he's like, uh, make a resume and send it to me on Monday. And he wrote his, and I wrote my name and phone number on the back of his business card. And he took it, put it back in his pocket. And so on Monday, I sent him my resume and he looks at it and he goes, I cannot afford you. And I'm like, no. You certainly cannot. <laughs> and he's like, but maybe in a couple of years, I'll be the company will be will grow and we'll be in a position to where, you know, I could I could hire wow. you. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, all right. Like, you know, like I, I'm sure you'll this yeah. dude I met one time is going to call me ever. The, and and it the turned, guy who I fleeced for a box. of cigars. Yeah, the guy who I lied to and <laughs> cheated out of, uh, you know, three quarters of a box. And so he's like uh, he called me like every couple of months for like two years wow. just to keep in touch and tell me what was going on in the yeah. business. And we would talk about different stuff and like little strategy stuff. And then, uh, one, one, one time he called me and he was like, Hey, I, I think I, uh, I can finally pay you. And I'm like, to do what? 
And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I just got to have it. I just got to like, have it. I yeah. can have an employee now. And I'm like, I would like to do that, I think. And I was making a lot of money. I was doing really well. And I was on this like fast track thing. And uh, in the interim, I had left. I got headhunted and went to Bed Bath & Beyond. Mm-hmm. I was managing uh, part of a concept for them uh, up in New England with like 30-something stores. Um, and so I was, uh, I was uh, doing really well. And so Glenn offered me a job. And I said, well, listen, let me talk to my people and like, you know, like my family and friends and stuff and yeah. see what they think. Because um, it was going to be like a you know, like a 60 or $70,000 pay cut. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I'm, but I was young, you know, I was like in my very early twenties, uh, like I think 20, 21, um, or something like that. Um, and I was really successful at a young age. And so I was like, I've got an opportunity now to go and like, do what I want to do. What I want to do. So I went to work the next day at Bed Bath & Beyond and then VP of Bed Bath & Beyond is a guy named Danny Cordier, and I know he doesn't fucking listen to this podcast, so I can say whatever I want. So <laughs> he he's there in the, in uh, my office at like four in the morning because that's when I would usually get to my office because I was I had like an allocations and planning process. Yeah. So the trucks get loaded then, so I had to like yeah. force merchandise and yeah. change. So um, he's in my office and he's like, "Hey, I want you to come to uh, the regional headquarters with me and be our uh, a senior planner for us." And it's in Patriot Place in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I want you to come to headquarters with me and we'll start grooming you for, uh, you know, bigger and better things. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, fuck. That's what I said. Like, I sighed and I was like, oh, fuck. And he was like, that is the worst reaction to getting promoted I've ever seen <laughs> from anybody. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. It's not you. It's, uh, I'm it's like, not I'm you. A, it's me. I'm like, it's very, I'm very excited. Because uh, I, at this point, I legitimately didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. I did think I knew what I was going to do before I went to my office that day. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I'm going to be in like the marquee store in Patriot Place working at a headquarters yeah. with like a guy who's, you know, holding my hand through navigating this corporate culture yeah. and getting. And I'm young. Like I said, I'm like 21, 22 years old or something. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'll be fucking all set if I stay here. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I got this shit made. Like I'm right. a wonderkind right now and I'm doing good. Right. So. I move all my shit to Patriot Place, and I'm in the store, and I'm walking around the store auditing uh, some, like, whatever. It's boring. Yeah. Real job shit. And so I'm, like, doing my job. I got my little, like, pad thing, and I'm, like, writing stuff down. And this little old lady comes up to me, and she goes, are you a manager? And I'm like, ah, sure. Like, what do you need? And she was like, I want to show you something. And she grabbed my hand, and she walked me to the back of the store. And she brings me into the woman's bathroom and somebody and, you know, plug your ears, uh, whatever. Somebody had shit all over the entire store. <laughs> like this, like just daddy daycare sprayed the holes. And she's like, I want to know you care enough to clean this up. And I'm like, lady, I'm like, I gotta, I care about this business a lot, but I'm like, I don't care about it that much, right? Like, I'm like, I, I will get somebody to take care of this. And she's like, no, I want you to do it. And I'm thinking to myself, like all of these like management classes I've taken and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, don't ask anybody to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. Right. But I'm like thinking like, man, I could probably draw the line at shit all over the world. Right, right. You know? And so, and so I, but anyway, so I. So I'm like, you know what, whatever, I'm here, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to ask one of these poor card attendants that are like 16 that are going to see the shit in their sleep for another 30 years or something. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. So I get on gloves and I'm cleaning this shit off this wall. 
and then I finish up and I throw my I throw my gloves in the the trash can and I'm standing in front of the mirror in the women's bathroom with like a cone and stuff like that <laughs> probably shit on my shirt or whatever and I'm like look in the mirror and I'm like what the fuck am I thinking? I'm like, this is, I'm supposed to be an executive right now. And I'm like, and I'm, I just scraped some shit off a wall. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I, I couldn't look myself in the, in the same mirror at 10, 12 years from now, yeah. if I ever had to clean up shit again and be like, I, I knew I would think like, what if I had done that cigar thing? Yeah. Like, what yeah. would I be doing if I did that cigar thing? Yeah. yeah. And so I, uh, the next morning, I went to work and I went upstairs to the headquarters, to the executive offices, and I went into the vice vice president of Bed Bath Beyond's office and I said, um, uh, "I'm leaving." And he's like, "For for the day? I don't care. Go do whatever you want. Why are you telling me?" And I'm like, "Nope, I'm leaving." And he looked at me and he was like, "You motherfucker." He's like, I sponsored you. I vouched for you with the president of the company. I was going to, you, you, he's like, where are you going? He goes, I know Costco's opening up and they need managers yeah. and I know this and that. And are you going back to Target and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and I was like, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go sell cigars. And he's like, have you ever sold anything? And I'm like, I have sold memberships at a gym. I saw, I, I yeah. had some little, yeah. some, some other jobs. And he's like, uh, do you know anything about cigars? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and he's like, have you ever traveled or done outside sales? I'm like, no. He's like, well, it's got to be for more money then. And I'm like, no, it's like less than half what I'm making now. And he's like, I'm not even going to take the tag off of your door. He's like, you are going to be back. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. And I never thought about it ever again. And so uh, I started as the first uh, sales rep for Christoph. Mm -hmm. And I had Maine to New Jersey as a territory. And my market, and when I, like when I started, now you have like CRM programs and <clears throat> routing yeah. and all yeah. this shit. Yeah. When I started, it was putting, uh, putting all the stores in MapQuest, 10 yeah. at a time. Yeah. 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 10 at a time, 100 accounts. Getting the printed off map. And then printing off the <laughs> MapQuest routes. And I had six or seven stapled together routes like when i was doing new uh you know new hampshire yeah a b c d all these different points of interest and that's how i did my yeah my routing and uh he just like basically handed me sales reports and he's like so you're gonna go to these stores and you're gonna try to sell them more cigars this year than they bought from us last year <laughs> and he's like and now we're gonna go back to my house and have dinner and i'm like so that so that's my orientation <laughs> he's like do you have any questions and i'm like but you didn't say anything <laughs> like, 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 like uh, how could i possibly have a question about yeah. uh, no facts you gave me yeah and uh so we went back to his house and i sat with his wife and we had dinner and he was and and he would admit this to this day and and told me at the time he was scared shitless because i was their first employee i was it was a yeah. lot of money for a company that had no, had yeah. no employees before yeah and um and we, he was basically like telling me without telling me, like, you've got to show me that Figured. this works. Yeah. Otherwise, it's. It's like you're not... both relying on each other. And we had to learn together. Yeah. Like, I would yeah. call him and be like, hey, so what do you do if like this, this and this happens? And he's like, oh, I don't know. 
Oh. And I'm like, well, is there like a super owner I could talk to? Or like, <laughs> there's somebody? I'm like, there's nobody else I can ask. I'm like, it's just us. Like, there's two phone lines. Do, like, it, I'm do, like, it, do it this way. If that yeah. doesn't work, do it the other. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, so my market eventually uh, ended up um, selling enough and growing enough and doubling or tripling in size yeah. to the point where we could afford to hire another sales rep. So I hired and trained somebody for another market. And then I was like kind of helping them and then doing my territory and then that guy grew to support another one and so we hired another one and now uh from one employee now we have nine sales reps Uh here in the united states we sell we have distributorships in canada and in europe um and we sell in 32 countries um and so from that very humble like Wow. kind of ass backward beginning we were able to really turn it into a business and you guys had strong product from day one. Oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah. And I know we, when we bought Christoph at the shop, so we, I mean, we, you as the shop you used to own. And yeah, so it was 10 years ago. So probably about the time you started there, we bought through a guy named Paul Irv Shewitt, mm-hmm. who was, I think, uh, w- he repped several cigar brands. So he wasn't an employee, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And more he, like, more like a broker. He's a broker. Okay. And, um, but I mean, it's it was a strong product from day one. So I mean, uh, I mean that was the, that was the thing that has always been a great thing with Christoph is always big ring gauge, right? I mean, this is a, this is a this is a smaller cigar. I mean, you got the question tonight here um, from Big Dog, um, which is, are you going to make this in a bigger ring gauge? And your answer was no. I think this is going to be the only size you make it in. Yeah. But uh, I mean, th- these were popular cigars. These uh, where you introduced them, they've sold everywhere. I'm sure. I don't know where the next region was, but I, probably Texas would be my guess because I know Christoph's very popular in Texas yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's I mean, a great story. I, I mean, I know before Doug even started working here, he was a big Christoph fan when he when he did his traveling for his. Well, Glenn's based out of Chicago, so yeah. I know he. Doug and I have talked about the fact that. Christoph is huge in Chicago. Figuring out cigar sales retail, because, you know, obviously I've worked on the uh, the owner side. So walking into a shop is hard. I mean, it's when you walk in to say, I need, I want shelf space on, on a, on a, on, in your shop and it, try to convince me that your cigar is going to sell in my shop. That's, that's a tough sale, especially since, you know, General and Altatus and a lot of these big manufacturers have quotas and, you know, X number of facing deals. I mean, and, and cigar sales people. Right. I mean, and, and yeah, pushing, yeah, you're competing push, on yeah, an even level right, with, yeah. without the resources. Yeah. Right. And Altatus will, t- I mean, those people will tell you, you got to have X number of faces to get the, the facings to get the, these kind of discounts. I mean, if we had early success with Christoph, and so if you don't have those, so that's why we sold it. And you know, to be honest with you, the way you know you're talking about that shiny black box, one of the things that I love about Christoph is those rough brands, but then the tobacco around the side. It's it's very distinctive, and you mm-hmm. know that product is very appealing on the on the shelf in yeah. a, in a sort of a unique way that says you know it it draws the eye to it, and it's it's uniquely yours. Yeah. Cause Cause you, I, I don't know of any other cigar that's non-infused that does the, 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 the loose tobacco in the inside. Is yeah. Is there another one? Yeah. There, there have been some that have done it in a, in a different sort of application. Um, but the reality is you walk into a humidor and it's, and it's, you know, you know, 800 
facings of dead plants in a tube that yeah. are all brown, <laughs> you know, and they were all ten dollars. Yeah. yeah, and that so how in a in a in a in a business where yeah, what's going to catch your eye? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like how do you distinguish yourself? And and a lot of it is the product and the packaging and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is doing things like we did tonight, like doing these tastings and meeting mm-hmm. the customers and talking to people. Yeah. But I firmly believe that as many as the product has to stand on its own, 100 percent, the product right. has to stand on its own. But the product that we put into the world is the sales reps. Yeah. yeah. I fir- and I 100 percent believe that yeah. um, it's it's people that move this business. And yeah. and the if you have a product that stand on its own and I and we're in the best time in history to be smoking cigars right now. The product is all very good. It is all very consistent. Yeah. Our processes have caught up. And as Cuba's gotten, gotten worse at manufacturing cigars over the last 60 years, we've gotten much, much, much better. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, we've adopted, we've taken all the stuff that they've always held as, as sacred. We've taken those practices and we've bettered them and improved upon them. And that's and we're in the best time ever. So you walk into that humidor and you close your eyes and you grab something. It's going to smoke like a ten dollars cigar for the most part. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it, whether you like it or not, that's the difference. But but w- once y- you have product that stands on its own, then it it fully becomes the sales rep's prerogative to to be the kind of person that customers want to do yeah. business with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's our philosophy, and that's what I train the sales reps to do: is be the kind of people that people want to do business with, because they yeah. will find absolutely every opportunity as a salesperson so to say yes to you yeah. Yeah. if they want to do business with you as a yeah. person. Yeah. They'll I mean, also find every reason to not do business with you if you don't treat them right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And it and it, and yeah. you, it takes one mistake. And you and I, you and I have done on different sides of that equation, and know that there's some people who don't. And uh, one of the things that I say is, if you treat me right, I'm, I'm going to find a reason to treat you right. Yeah. And uh, and that's one of the things we talked about earlier about you know when I order it, you have it. Yeah. And and I get what I order, and the, those are the little things that mean the to a retailer who's living a lot closer, you know. You know, those budgets are tight on, on the retail side yeah. and living that life, uh, that means a big deal. Yeah. But uh, 100%. And it, I also say that, you know, I can sell the first cigar of any brand in there to a lot of people. But the thing with a good cigar is I don't have to sell the second one because yeah. somebody's going to yeah. have a positive experience yeah, sure. with that first one. And so one of the things we like to ask new people on the cigar uh, podcast, and I'll just go through it with you, what what was your first cigar that you smoked? What What... You know, what was the first one or what was the early experience for you smoking cigars? The first cigar that I ever smoked um, was, I. so I used to work in a kitchen when I was like 15 years old. Um, and I worked at a Christmas tree farm and I worked at, <laughs> and I worked in a restaurant as a dishwasher. And uh, the, the guy who was the head chef um, had these like Ashton white label Churchill's yeah. and nice. I always was like, I would love to like smoke one of those, but he wouldn't give it to me cause I was 15. Yeah. So I was like, do I steal it? Like what do I, cause again, like I said, I was like a scumbag kid. Yeah. A Boston so, kid. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, so I wanted to smoke a cigar from like seeing that, seeing my dad, uh, smoke cigars when he was golfing and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. I always like, was like, kind of like looking for it. So the closest thing that we could come to was uh, my buddy Aaron stole um, a pack of uh, Backwoods from a convenience store. <laughs> nice. Um, no free shoutouts. Yeah. So I won't say the convenience store. But, um, you got to sponsor the show. You got to sponsor the show, Podunk Convenience yeah. Store. Yeah. No free shoutouts. So um, I, uh, 
so he stole a pack of uh, Swishers. Uh, or no, uh, backwoods, and they were like uh, the honey yeah. crap flavor. Nice. Yeah. That's the best. And one. so we had this big stack of pallets behind the restaurant. Um, and so at the end of the day, once all the adults had left and everything like that, me and my buddy Aaron, who was old enough to, ha- he was like sixteen, so he had his like provisional license or yeah, something. Yeah. But it was still like he shouldn't have been driving. Yeah. And so uh, we climbed on top of this big stack of pallets and we smoked these. Me, my buddy Aaron, my best friend Kyle, who's still my best friend to this day, uh, smoked these uh, crappy backwoods. And then I was like, well, now i got to seal some cigars. i got to have a real one now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, would take, I would take cigars from my dad's golf bag, or I yeah. would take cigars from the nice. chef's office or something like that. I'm really not coming across <laughs> particularly great. <laughs> and so I started like that way, but when I turned 18... Uh, my my best buddy Kyle and I we went to a place called the Humidor uh, Cigar Shop. It was in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. um, and um, I went in and I had like been like a cigar smoker like yeah. at that point. Like yeah. we, every night, then we would like steal some more backwoods and we would go outside and smoke those or Swishers or yeah. something like yeah. that. And so um, I went into a cigar shop and the guy was trying to sell me sell us like you know the mildest of the mild this was our 18th birthday and i'm thinking to myself like fuck you man like this is my only chance (laughs) like this is my first chance to buy a cigar and i've been smoking cigars i'm like so i want to try something that i wasn't available to me so i actually and you're gonna think that i'm lying uh but there was that was the same store that i met glenn at that i bought my first cigar from um and they were having a event for christoph coming up and so I bought for me and my best buddy who had never smoked a cigar besides like uh, those honey swishers. Yeah, he never yeah. like graduated to like like a real petty traditional theft, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I had. <laughs> and so he uh, so I wanted the like biggest, darkest. Yeah. And I was like trying to tell the guy like, no, I want something that's like really dark that looks totally different than what I smoked for. And he's like, no, you don't like <laughs> you actually don't. And so. We bought Christoph Original Maduros. Yeah. And nice. I remember because we didn't want to buy a cutter because we were poor, you know, we were cheap, yeah. poor kids. And he was like, the good thing about this is you just break off the little pigtail and you don't need a cutter. And I was like, oh, great. Like, yeah. I don't even need a cutter. So we got those and I I smoked it and he smoked it and we both got like horribly sick. Because <laughs> it was, turns out, he was right. Yeah. And, um, but that didn't turn me off. Yeah. That didn't turn yeah. me off from cigars. Yeah. And, uh. So we kind of moved forward that way, and that was that was my. So my first cool. cigar was like a a, a a backwoods honey. Yeah, but then the first real cigar was a Christoph original Maduro. The is, first one I legally bought. Yeah, like yeah. without pilfering, right. was that. <laughs> but I I definitely smoked Ashton White Label Churchills because I remember yeah. that that guy had yeah. Yeah. Uh, ha- always had him on his desk. Yeah, yeah. So I think the lesson we learned there is Aaron is the gateway to crime. Guys named Aaron, yeah. scum, yeah. scum. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, you don't. I feel like me. I should write that down, but don't. probably, probably don't need to. <laughs> that's the, that's the name of the episode. Aaron <laughs> is scum. Aaron no, is scum. Aaron is the gateway to crime. <laughs> right, that is the that's, title. That's the title. Okay, yeah, you heard it here first, <laughs> yeah. folks. Yeah. Um, so, so, no, go ahead. No, uh, so we always ask this. This question gets a lot of different answers. So. Um, doesn't have to be the most expensive cigar, but what is the most meaningful cigar that you've ever smoked? You know, um, you know, most that, that means the most to you personally. Um, so I remember. So one one of my so one of my buddies, uh, his name is Eric. 
um, his father uh, was uh, a cigar smoker. He was a, a older guy, and um, we uh, we had a a cigar lounge that was like the first cigar lounge that like I was like a cigar lounge guy at. Right. Um, and like I would like got a locker and I got to go to the member side and stuff like that. And I was like all like fucking yeah, into yeah, it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the first guys I met was this guy, Eric, and his father, whose name was Bert. Um, and Bert um, loved the Christophe Lajero Maduro Corona okay. um, and like loved it, loved it, loved it. Okay. And so when I first started as a rep, um, I that was still like my home cigar lounge because I still lived there. Cool. And um, Bert was like, they, you guys used to make a cigar, the Lajero Maduro Corona, that, uh, you know, you don't sell it anymore, but I always fucking love that cigar. Cool. And so I, uh, so I called the office and I said, do we have any of these Lajero Maduro Coronas? And they said, let me check and we'll check the warehouse and see if we have any. So we had them check the warehouse in Miami and they found like 30 bundles of these like original... Lajero Maduro Coronas. So, like, I got to go to my buddy Bert and be like, I went to the store and I said, we got 30 bundles left. I'll give you a deal on them because they're old. But just please buy all of them so that we don't actually accidentally sell them so that Bert can have these cigars to smoke. Because yeah. Bert, and, and I told Bert, I'm like, hey, buddy, if we found them in the warehouse. They're coming. And he was, like, so excited. So he used to buy a bundle of these every week. And, like, he was just on them and loved them. And he was so happy. And then um, I used to do all kinds of shit with this guy. And again, he's like an old guy. Mm -hmm. You know, like we went up to Maine to a hunting camp that they have been going to for a long time. And I went up there with Eric and some of his buddies and, and, and Eric's brother and Bert. And we like went hunting, which was really just drinking and smoking. We didn't shoot anything. Like yeah. nobody discharged a firearm. Yeah. Like, and then yeah. We didn't even need to bring them. Yeah. Like they, it was, <laughs> we would like They're be, just accessories at that point. Yeah. yeah. Like we would be fucking hungover the next morning and we'd like get into the woods at like 9 30 a.m <laughs> and like like reeking of cigars and alcohol like no deer was at a yeah. hundred miles of us yeah and uh so anyway so we went up there we had a lot of good times and and bert was just one of those guys that like you know you sat down next to him in the cigar lounge and he'd be like you know what do you got going on and you would just talk and yeah. then like wake up after you were done like and it was like an hour of you talking about Nothing. My fucking oddly shaped head is going on. <laughs> so he, so, so you would just talk to this guy about nothing for like eternity, and 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 he would talk about life, and you talk about all this stuff, and it was like really meaningful, like good conversation. And and Bert was not a talkative guy. Yeah. You know, like he was like a really quiet, really like kind of reserved guy, um, but he would just like pull all this shit out of you, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so Bert, uh, you know, spoiler alert, Bert dies. Uh -huh. And um, I was in, I was on Long Island and uh, I was as a rep and I was traveling when I found out that Bert, that Bert had died. And uh, so there was a, a park that I was driving past and it was fucking cold. It was like the middle of winter, but it was a really nice bright day and the sun was going down. And I remember I just parked my car for whatever reason. Like I didn't think about any of this shit. I parked my car and I went. And I sat on top of like this hill in this park mm -hmm. and I'm looking out on Long Island Sound and like the sun's going down yeah. and I like wake up and like I've got one of those Lajero Maduro Coronas in my hands mm -hmm. and I didn't have those for samples or anything. Like I don't even really know why I had it. And 
and I fucking lit it up and I sat on this hill. But there was nobody in this giant park mm-hmm. except for me, like sitting on this hill. And I smoked one of those Lajero Maduro Coronas and just like sitting there looking at the ocean and looking at the sun going down and stuff like that. I got back in my car and fucking went back to work. Yeah. And that was like, to this day, I, I, I remember that cigar probably more than any others. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like Bert, like I grew up with Eric and he was like my best. I met this dude at a cigar lounge. Yeah. I met his dad at a cigar lounge. And he was just like that good of like made that much of an impact on me that that like that one cigar was like yeah. Yeah. fucking wild, man. Yeah. And yeah. I don't even know where I got it from. To this day, I don't know where I got it's it. It's a great story. Yeah. That, that to me is, um, first of all, thank you for sharing. That sure. is a, that's a great story. That is the That to me typifies why... Cigar lounges are amazing places. I, uh, we've all run into people like that, and Bert sounds like, um, like an amazing guy. And, yeah, yeah, uh, he was a he was a hell of a guy. We yeah. all have those people who who we lean on, and I we have people up here. We we yeah. uh, had Tim on a couple of episodes, and Aaron have shared how Tim is a very quiet guy mm-hmm. up here, but we both leaned on him and and think of him and. Or there's just there's just those people that can extract information right. from you. I mean, that like, you don't even you didn't want to tell. Or yeah, say they just they about. just pull it out. Yeah, an hour later you realize you got something off your uh, out of your head or off your soul that out of your heart that you needed to. And and uh, those people are amazing. Right. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still think of it. And, and again, like me and that guy Eric, like we talk. Like when I see him, it's always like big hug. Like. You know, yeah. like I wasn't like I don't live fifteen hundred miles away, and we yeah. haven't talked in a year or whatever. Yeah. But every time I see him, like we all like it's just like you know, kind of like Yesterday. we we didn't left leave leave anything off. And I every every anniversary of Bert's death or something, and like I said, like Eric and I are buddies, like right. we're we're friends, right. but we're not like super close. Shared a lot, went through a lot. Mm-hmm. Like we're friends, yeah. And from the cigar lounge, and then outside in real life, yeah. um, but but. The, the impact that that him and his relationship with his father and his yeah. brother's relationship with his father and and his father's relationship w- with me at that time yeah. was just like it was like it's like a super meaningful thing yeah. for me for whatever reason like it really doesn't make any sense yeah. but at the end of the day some dude in a cigar lounge yeah. is like sitting here making me think like uh you know how amazing this experience was yeah, well, I mean, yeah so. we i mean we've had that here and at the end of the day it doesn't matter why how it makes sense it just it just it, does it yeah. made sense mm-hmm. yeah. it, it it was meaningful mm-hmm. and that's great yeah. life was better because of it yeah right for right. sure for and sure. uh we're grateful for that thanks yeah. for sharing that was yeah. cool sure I, that's why we asked that question it's, it's it's amazing uh when we ask that question uh the stories we get and that was that was one of the good ones yeah. thank you yeah. sure well, well speaking speaking of cigars let's uh touch on uh yeah. on these here we're all about uh about halfway through you know getting into the second third um man this is like if you want a cigar that's like three cigars in one you you're, you're getting into that now it's getting into that real nice mellow just nutty oh creamy, man just like, so yeah. so nice yeah. so one of the things i asked you you know earlier tonight you know when you made this did you make this for the population or did you make this, you know, for you? And you, you made this like, this is what I wanted 
the, a cigar to be like. You know, this is for me. Yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a hundred percent, and it's totally the opposite of mm-hmm. how we do stuff as a business. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I oh, we always think like like we are the worst company when it comes to naming cigars. Yeah, right. Because ever all these other companies have like the you know. Edition Limitada, 104, Corojo Especial, yeah. left-handed baseball glove in August, yeah. bullshit. And, and we, like, our Sumatra is called the Sumatra. Our, right. I, like, I'll always forget. I, I, that up I, will always re- I will always remember, like, we, so that Gallerone series, the cigars were named, like, uh, like, the Connecticut was the DR4, and that's because that's the, you know, whatever, the shipping code for mm-hmm. quad Dominican fillers or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And, uh, the the San Andres was uh, Senita de Plata, which means silver ash, yeah. and the other one was uh, Brazilian Habano, or it was Sentidos, and then we got sued, and then it was Brazilian Habano, <laughs> and then uh, the the other one was Intensivo, and it's like, you know, like you come to a shop, you know, anywhere else in the United States that yeah. isn't Spanish speaking, and it's like, let me get one of those Senitas, you know, <laughs> like it's like whatever. But, but I, so I remember when we discontinued that line, Glenn was like, "What do we do?" And I, I was like, "Well, we're gonna take the production back to our factory, and we're gonna rename everything." And so the Senita de Plata became the San Andres. Yeah. The Brazilian Habano became our Habano. Yeah. Um, the Intensivo was not manufactured ever again. So that's the, but we never made a box press cigar in yeah. the Kristoff line, and that's that was the only other box press cigar yeah. that we ever made. Yeah. Um, and then the DR4 became the Connecticut. But I remember Glenn telling me like, well, okay, what should we call the DR4? And I'm like, how about the Connecticut? And he was like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you know, like we just that's what we want. Like yeah. I always think like, let's not overthink this. Like, can the average guy, like, can my dad, cigar smoker, yeah. Say the name, yeah, of yeah. the cigar, yeah, yeah, to buy it. Yeah. Can, can the can the blue collar guy that's coming in to get his weekly ration, yeah, say it, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. how many times working in a cigar store is it like, hey, do you guys have any of them Alex Bradleys? Yeah. Or, hey, do you have those Olivias or yeah, uh, yeah. Macanoodles or yeah. Monte Criscos? You yeah, know, like yeah. it's it's you get that shit all the time. Yeah. And so we wanted to make it as easy. We don't. The worst thing that you could possibly do is make a customer feel stupid for having bought your product. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you can't say the, what the name, yeah. and then eventually, like you're gonna find out you're wrong. Right. Like you're gonna go to an event because you love this cigar, and yeah. it's gonna be like actually it's pronounced Andalusian. And yeah. Like, Fuck. Yeah. I haven't. <laughs> like I mean, like, you well, it's know? like it's like I just learned like a month and a half ago that it's not San Cristobal. Is San Cristobal. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. it, it helps that I've been, you know, See. a tobacconist for four years and I'm just now learning. I've been saying this said product I've been peddling. Yeah. So when you're long. wrong as much as I am, you just kind of get over that. <laughs> but I, I don't know if you know, there's this new trend on the sizes to call them fancy names. And I, I'm a little disappointed you guys aren't on, on board with that. When you just call this the uh, San Andreas Toro, I, I, I feel like you didn't get the memo. Yeah. Well, you do have the Matador. The Matador, but that's like that's been like from day one. Yeah. Right. And and to our credit, the Matador isn't just the name yeah. of like a size that already exists. Yeah. It's six and a half by fifty six. It's yeah. not a Toro. It's not a six by sixty. It's not a Churchill. Right. It's like its own thing. Its own yeah. size. Right. Um. So so, but that's been from day one. But yeah. otherwise, it's like Robusto Torpedo six by sixty. Yeah. yeah. You know? So where so you, you you know you have the you have the Sumatra the Connecticut the San Andreas all that kind of stuff. Where did the pissed off name come from? Uh, from a customer, really? Yeah, yeah. We were at an event in Georgia, 
um, and a guy came running up to Glenn and he was like, I've always wanted to meet like the guys from Kristoff because I have the best name for you ever. <laughs> and he was like, you should call it the Kristoff is pissed off or something like yeah. that. And so we were in the Dominican Republic drunk and we're at a restaurant and Glenn's like, that guy in Georgia say uh, the name should be. And I was like, the pissed off. And Glenn was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, should we make it? And I'm like, ah, let's do it. And so we started working on these blends initially, like as like a prank, on yeah. like new sales rep that yeah. we brought there because yeah. we were going to make something disgusting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so we made like, you know, all Lajero, no binder, <laughs> like under fermented wrap or like as yeah. gross as we could do. Yeah. And so I gave it to this kid and was like, here, you got to try this. And I wanted you to tell me what you think of the first, second and last final third. Yeah. So that I made sure he smoked the whole thing. And I was like, and we're really passionate about this project and I really need your value, your feedback, even though you're new. And like, I really like (laughs) hammed it up for him. And so he smokes the first third and he's like putting it down. And we're at a Christmas party with like 270 rollers and their families and shit there. And so, uh, he smokes the first third and he's like, and he puts it down and I'm like, what'd you think? And he was like, yeah, it's good. And I'm like, I, I tried to smoke it. I'm like, this is fucking horrible. And so, I knew it was not smokable. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I really, you know, we don't have a lot of time down here, so I really want to get some notes as yeah. soon as possible. Yeah. So just keep smoking for me and figure out what's going on. He's like, oh, And you're okay. like, I'm going to kill this kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he smoked the second, third. And, you know, some girl, you know, one of the one of the female rollers at the factory comes up and grabs him to go dance or something. He's dancing, and I see him like, like he's, <laughs> like he's white as a ghost, and he's, like, miserable. And then he runs to the bathroom and comes back. And we actually ended up, I kind of felt a little bit bad, but it was like mostly funny. And he, we sent some, a, a car to bring him back to the hotel. Like yeah. it literally, the cigar like murdered him. Yeah. And so I was like, maybe if we're adults about this and like put a binder on it and process the tobacco, right? So then we started working through the blends. Yeah. And we came up with this pissed off blend. And now all, all, all four of the core sizes are, are in our top. 10 selling skews yeah, uh, it's yeah. been an enormous success for us yeah. it, which is kind of sucky because like the best idea came from not us yeah. <laughs> like, you know everyone's always like that's a genius name and i'm like oh i wish i had it yeah. you know like, yeah. i wish we came up with it yeah but, no, i mean i mean this, our, our the house shop here it, it's a love hate because we love it but you know you, I, i've told you about the house rules here is mm-hmm. like you know when your team loses or whatever yeah that's the cigar you're smoking. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know how it came to be. It was, it was like Red or Kev or somebody yeah. was here. Like somebody lost, you know, a game on Sunday, Sunday during football, you know, a couple of seasons ago, and one of them just, you know, just, just talking like, oh, you need to go get one of those pissed offs, and off. and he was like, all right, yeah, whatever, and got it, and then it just kind of came organically, like. Yeah. You know, next the next week, somebody else lost. Be like, you got to go get one of those pissed offs, and you got to yeah. smoke it. And it just became the the house rule. Where I like, wish every cigar shop. Did that. That's <laughs> so, Although I, I hate the fact that our cigars are associated with like the worst moment of your day. Like, I know, but that's, but, but that's like what we're talking about. Like, I really love that cigar. Yeah, it's a cigar I want to smoke all the time. But I, you don't want to smoke. You don't it. want the juju. Yeah, you don't want. Yeah, it's, you don't it's, want it's, that it, evil on Yeah. But I mean, you should, as a Kansas City Royals fan, you should be smoking one of those. Like, I'm, I'm going to keep you in business times. for yeah, uh, the, the next your... couple of years. Yeah, I, I know you were talking earlier. You did, you did a big thing about how you blended the cigar. Um, 
sounded like a pretty elaborate process. Can you walk us through blending the scar? I've never done that. That it interests me, but I'm sure that I'm not qualified to do that. I had never done it either. <laughs> right. Can and you walk us through what you did? It was cool. So, so Glenn had wanted me to get more involved in the tobacco side of the business. Um, and I, I, anybody that knows me or talks to me for more than five minutes knows that I'm a business oriented guy. Like that's sure. The, that's just the language I speak. Yeah. That's what I, I, I'm passionate about tobacco yeah. and I love the product and stuff like that, but I'm not one of those guys. Like I've got the wrong accent for it. Right. Like it's <laughs> like, I can't be like my family has been blending tobacco for 40 years. Like it's like, I, I, I have the wrong accent. And so I don't pretend like, uh, many people in the cigar business yeah, do to be yeah. like the end all be all like I really don't know but I know what I don't know you know and I know who can find the answer and stuff like that so that's helpful but like I really don't fucking know and so Glenn wanted me to be more involved in the tobacco side of the business and originally initially I was very resistant to it because that's his thing you know like he's the creative he's the marketing guy he's the tobacco guy I'm the the business guy yeah and and he's a business guy too, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, he, he, he wanted me to do it. And so, uh, and I was eventually came around and like, was like, all right, I'll, you know, I'm interested and I'll do it. And he was like, you got to do it. So you're going to do it. And I was like, okay. And so <laughs> that wasn't a request. Yeah. Yeah. Like... And so I was like, I'm, it's going to take as long as it's going to take and yeah. I'm going to do what I want to do. And it's going to be something I like and a shape that I like. And so um, we worked, we worked together with the factory to source the, source the tobaccos, find stuff that I was interested in that I liked, uh, put things together in the right way. And it's, and it's interesting because it's like, you take, you know, like, okay, I want a little bit more sweetness. So you take out X tobacco from the filler and you put in Y tobacco and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well now I've got the sweetness, but I lost that other thing that I liked. And so it's like this weird game yeah. of like yeah. Tetris that you're like yeah. always losing at, you know, and it takes a really long time to, you know, you to make the right compromises in the right proportions yeah. to get the blend together the way that it needs to do. So it took uh, at this point, like till today, like two and a half years. Wow. Um, about It was about two years solid before the product was commercialized anywhere. Um, and there are even like little things like the like the foot band. Mm -hmm. Of the cigar are are my initials, but they're in the uh, the blue with the red font, like the Red Sox hat. Mm -hmm. It would be or the Red Sox. Just a little hat. little Boston. Touch. Little like yeah. touches back to like where I'm from and like yeah. things that I care about. And this and this cigar, like like you had asked me earlier, Mark. Like there's like, did you do it for other people or did you do it for you? And it really like I really like not at one point in the blending process was like, is anybody else gonna like this? Yeah. And that's totally the opposite of what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. But this is this product is what I think a cigar should taste like. Yeah. Yeah. Whether other people like it or not, like you give me a, like if I get a bad review, it's I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I didn't make it for you guys. Like I. Gave it to you to try, and I hope you like it. And I would love a good review, but if yeah. you give me a bad review, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You didn't like it, good. It's not for you. Smoke what you like. You know, not gonna hurt my feelings. Like, yeah, um, yeah. You know, go, and, go and, make your own cigars. And like you, <laughs> you know. And what you're saying earlier this evening, you know, during our event, this is the only box press that yeah. Christoph produces. Yeah, and it's because I like box press. Yeah. yeah you know, right. and that, that's Plain literally the reason. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I like box press cigars and. I had carte blanche and the candy shop opened and it's like, uh, this is what I want to do. So like if you wanted to 
not have the pigtail, would you be able to do that? Or is that, did, I mean, you had full creative control 100%? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, 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 the thing with the pigtail and the uncut foot, like the rest of the Kristoff, mm-hmm. like we, uh, I might've tossed around for a second, like doing a flat cap or doing something like that. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Like I fucking like Kristoff. Yeah. So one of the things that I was, uh, I learned tonight was that you 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 draw test draw every cigar. That's why the pigtail is on there. I had no idea that that was one of the reasons that. why. I just thought, that, yeah, I thought the foot thing was it was just yeah. I thought it was just an aesthetic kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it's partially a cool is one. that. Yeah. So it's it's called a so in Cuba it's called a fuma. Yeah. Um, which is a really classic Cuban cigar making te- yeah. technique. Just because you know, like in Cuba, they don't have like Zycar or Calibri or anything like yeah. that, right? Like. <laughs> So they bite the end off or cut yeah. it with a knife or something oh, like yeah. that. So they do the pigtail because it dries faster than the rest of the bunch yeah. tobacco and it's easy for it to snap off. Yeah. Um, but what we found is that it allows us to draw test with the wrapper on. Yeah. Um, and allows us to draw test every single cigar that comes out of our factory. Yeah. So, um, And if it draws right, then that means it was bunched right, which means it's probably going to burn right, which yeah. means it's probably going to smoke right. Yeah. right? Yeah. And it's going to deliver the flavor profile that we promised to yeah. you. So yeah. um, if all those things are right, but the problem is it takes our bunchers and our rollers. Uh, it, it takes the draw tester specifically. It takes them, you know, like probably twice as long. Actually, probably 50 times as long as other manufacturers that test one out of a wheel of 50. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, there's that. Uh, we also bunch everything and to borrow, which is a, a, a much more time consuming technique. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where if you're not familiar with it, uh, anybody listening, that's you roll all the filler components instead of booking, which is a, the traditional method, mm-hmm. which is you just press the filler leaves together like the pages of a book, mm-hmm. and then you put it in the mold and apply the binder and the wrapper and everything. Or um, and to borrow is you take every filler leaf mm-hmm. and you roll it into like a lazy tube, and mm-hmm. then you put it in your hand, and mm-hmm. then you roll it into a lazy tube, and then you put it in your hand. So the bunch, rather than being composed of a bunch of leaves pressed firmly together, yeah. is composed of a bunch of tubes pressed firmly together, yeah. which oh. will naturally create a path for air yeah, that yeah, allows yeah. it to burn more consistently and more easily and stuff like that. So if you were to take the wrapper off of one of those cigars, you would find that every filler leaf is folded onto itself several times. Okay, um, And the difference is... Uh, drawing between between if you pressed a bunch of pages of a book together yeah, and tried yeah, yeah, to suck yeah. air through it, it'd be difficult. But if you draw, yeah. tried to press a bunch of half pages yeah. of a book, you know, folded in half or yeah. three to three, it would be a lot easier, right? Yeah. And it's such a duh kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it takes your bunchers, you know, twice as long to yeah, do that technique as opposed to the booking technique, right? So whereas most manufacturers, their rollers, their pairs can put out, you know, 250 cigars a day, we can do 150, 175, mm-hmm. you know. But we know, again, that the product that arrives to you yeah, yeah, yeah. is going to be a product that we can stand behind. And then it's draw tested, even after we do that thing to mitigate draw issues. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we were talking about, like, the fermentation process and stuff like that. Um, and again, what many, many other manufacturers do. And when I say other manufacturers... It's not like this is what we do and this is what they do. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, it's like yeah. it's that's what they do, yeah. you know. And it's not wrong. That's their process. And it of the works. Yeah. And you know, like there's um, like all these companies, these other manufacturers I'm talking to probably sell more fucking cigars than I do. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's right. not like saying like there's a right way or wrong way. This is just yeah. how we do it. Yeah. Um, 
and many other manufacturers, they'll receive tobacco from a tobacco processor or process their own tobacco, and then they immediately uh, and they immediately uh, go to production. So they start manufacturing cigars. They put it in a wheel. They let it age out in the aging room, um, and that's and that's a, a really good way to get a really fast return on your investment, right? Because yeah, yeah. the tobacco wasn't sitting around for a particularly long period of time. Right. What we do is we get the tobacco from a tobacco processor. And then we ferment it again two or three more times in-house. Um, and what that does is is there are changes in the climates. There are changes in uh, the soil. There's changes to the crop. We might even have to change farms if a yield is not where we need to be in order to complete our production runs. Yeah. And how do you ensure that the original Maduro you bought 15 years ago is going to taste like the original Maduro that you buy today? And the only way to do that is to take as much of that guesswork shit out of the equation. The way that we do that is by processing the tobacco two or three more times in our factory once we receive it, even though it's already been processed. Right. And uh, that eliminates, by going through that fermentation process, the tobacco begins to take on the characteristics that we give it right. through processing it ourselves yeah. multiple wow. times, yeah. as opposed to the, to the characteristics that nature gives it. Sure. And, and that helps us keep a more consistent product. But yeah. again, wow. that takes the time between turning a pile of tobacco into cash as yeah. cigars yeah. and that, and it stretches it out pretty significantly. Sure. But, but again, it's something that we do for quality. Yeah. Sure. Well, I, well, I was just, while you were talking, I was just sitting here thinking like, you know, every once in a while you have to damage out a cigar that we have at the shop. I was just here thinking like, I don't remember the last time yeah. I've had to damage out a Kristoff. If it was, it was because you know, I might've dropped it or something or I cut it wrong or whatever like that. But I, you know, having one that wouldn't draw or, you know, is canoeing or tunneling or, you know, had a stem or whatever just run through. Yeah. I, I, I can't I can't go back and think of the last time that, you know, I've yeah. I've had to do that. And that just, you know, you just walking through the process and the steps of, you know, how that of why or how your cigar is rolled and everything, it just shows right there that just the, the quality that is that that is in that. And you know, and you know, it it's such an more steps involved with it, but it doesn't really reflect on the price just because I mean all the boxes that we sold tonight, I mean, you can get a full box of a great cigar for sub two hundred. Yeah. I mean that is well under two hundred I mean that is just great. I mean if you want a good cigar and you get a bunch of them plus you know especially with the tonight you know you get your uh, series yep. and that's just like if you're a cigar head that you can't get much better than that yeah right? yeah and you go you know you like you see a lot of these factories and stuff like that and it's like you know they have a painting of a you know a fucking donkey or something like that on the wall in the factory and we have quality consistency availability written in english mm -hmm. and spanish on our walls yeah yep. that's what we are into you yep. know what i mean because again, I might have the wrong accent, and Glenn might have the wrong accent to talk yeah. about tobacco, yeah, as well as a lot of these other guys can who grew up in the business. Yeah, but we have the right accent for yeah. for making a quality product, quality product. and, and yeah. bringing it to market and supporting our retailers and being a good partner to them. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what we emphasize. Yeah, know? we were talking about in the pissed off when we were when we were doing that review. The one thing that is consistent is the draw, right? And that to me is, mm -hmm. I know Rob on Cigar Talk, and one of the things that he was talking about is when I, when I pay ten dollars for a cigar, I want a consistent burn. Yeah, I want that stack of dimes. I want it to draw consistently because it's not just the investment of ten ten dollars. It's an investment of hour and fifteen minutes, hour and yeah, a half. You don't want to feel beat. Right. Yeah. I don't want to have to work at it. Yeah. I want to sit down and have that conversation like we were talking earlier. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things. The draw is um, it's easy 
it's um it, i don't have to work at it it's not too loose there's some cigars uh, that people have they get too spongy or uh, too spongy yeah. and it's yeah. it's just an easy you get a lot of smoke um there's uh, you know we sit in here without the air handlers on uh, for for uh sound quality um there's a lot of smoke but it's not overly bearing in here yeah. but um they produce a good amount of smoke and so i, I appreciate that I w- i'm fascinated i was looking at the end of my cut cigar while you were talking about that and you can see uh, you can see some of that. I'm I'm not going to cut open a perfectly good cigar to, to see what. So I was thinking, I was like, I kind of want to. I cut that. one open and at just events look at it. and stuff like yeah. that. Like yeah. I, when I'm trying to explain something like that. this, yeah. people are always open. like tr- thinking, like, yeah. what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I just break up and shit up somebody's <laughs> ashtray and just show them what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, and show let's, them like let's cut Aaron's cigar open and show them like Lajero. <laughs> Yeah. And like how, like yeah. I'll light a piece of Seiko and I'll light a piece of Lajero yeah. and I'll show you, like hold it up and show you how slow Lajero burns yeah. compared yeah. to how quickly Seiko burns or yeah. something right. yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking and, to a listener tonight who was talking about he would smoke a heavy cigar uh, 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 for the first time and he was feeling like he had to smoke it harder because it was going out. And I go, yeah, you know, some of those with more of the, the, the Lajero in there, those are some of those are harder to keep lit because there's a lot more Lajero in there, and he's going. I felt like I had to smoke it more. I said, "Yeah, you know, that's with some of those with more Lajero. That is the equation." Yeah, yeah. I said, and the answer is not to smoke them more. The answer is to relight them. Yeah, because if you smoke them more, you end up getting sick. Yeah, yeah, that's not the real. answer. And, and if it's all Lajero, then that's strong tobacco, yeah, right? Yeah. Powerful tobacco. And I don't care how much you smoke. If you like, uh, if you chimney uh, a, a cigar with a lot of Lajero in it, um, you're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Brandon. That that's gonna get to all of us, right? Yeah, and I know yeah. Brandon smokes all mild cigars, but um, but if you're me, you're, it's gonna get you. So well, it's like I mean, you know, we've I, I don't know if we had it on this show yet, but uh, you know, your Connecticut is a Connecticut that doesn't smoke like a Connecticut. Yeah, right. it's it's if you want a Connecticut with some body with some flavor, like you're not just smoking a buttery air or whatever. Oh man, it's like just right there. And even the newest, the, the new and the 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 sh- the, the shade grown. Yeah, man, just like the flavor and stuff that comes. Yeah, off off that one is just it's a lot of like baking aroma, baking spice. Yeah, yeah. You know, I get a lot of like uh, nutty, toasty. Yeah, like 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 the essence of flour, like not bread, but like the ingredients to make bread. Yeah, kind of kind of thing. That's I, I get a lot off that. And I you know that's what I was smoking editing the the pissed off episode was that I was like yeah this is you so know, not not umami not not umami no, no just okay. like you know like. Is there a big word for that? Because I feel like if you're going to be like high flute, <laughs> this you is ba- a I bakery. Ba- I get oh, bakery, bakery essence, okay. baked yeah. goods. Yeah, baked <laughs> goods. We'll, we'll come up with a big word for that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll do something. Okay, because he's trying to he's he's, he's trying to sound uh, you know you know a little more high flute. You know, I got I got to get I got to get the show viral, so I got to make right. my own word. You know? He doesn't want to. He, he he tries to, and I say it, it tastes very like I use the word dirt. Like on something like on the San Andreas, and he doesn't like that. He wants to use a fancy word. Well, I mean, I say I say grandma's attic when I describe right. cigars. See, there's a good example, right? But that's review culture. Yeah, that I mean, is. Got to get with the time. I mean, I man. just I like no. old book. I like I like I like that <laughs> no. cigar that tastes like an old book. No, thank smells, you. Smells, you know, just right. That's what that's what I like. Right. So but. apparently, we can't use simple words because they're <laughs> they're easy to understand and they're people can relate. <laughs> 
You got to use fancy words. Well, but like, well, hell, we were talking fancy words tonight. We're talking about, you know, again, talking with the wine and cigars, the, the terroir. You know, you said you used that word a couple right. times last week. I mean, I, I mean, truly, you know, it's the, the earth and the ground determines, you know, a, a good sure. quality of what your yeah. cigar is going to become. When you were describing the wine, you described it as dry fruit. Those mm-hmm. are simple words that, yeah. that convey the real essence of that wine that it was that those are words that make sense yeah but like a simple example of like the effect that the environment has on yeah. the tobacco yeah. is like if you look at like cameroon for example yeah. all cameroon is is indonesian sumatra planted in africa mm-hmm. right exact same varietal if yeah. we were talking about wines yeah like the exact same plant just planted in a, on a different continent. Yeah, you know, different soil, different in different conditions. soil, different air, different sun, different everything hits them different. Different water, yeah. and the tobacco has an entirely different character. Yeah. yeah, you know, so it's it's that it does it does make a difference, and that yeah. and like talking about the way that we process and ferment tobaccos, yeah. that's something that you have to game plan for because right. even if it's grown on the same patch of dirt in the same island, it's. If you get a hurricane, if you get, you know what I mean? Like they get weather, they get, the sure. times change, things change. And you have to account for that in consistency when you're yeah. running a business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, you know, something that we do when we take that extra step. Yeah. So, so where, where, where do you see and what do you want to see Christoph going to in, in the future? Like what, where do you see them heading? So I, that's a, that's a really good question because um, you know, I, I, I would love to say like, I want to be on the moon, you know, mm-hmm. like I want to yeah. guy, I want to go to the top. Right. And, and I think we're smart people doing smart things mm-hmm. and myself excluded. And so it's like, we've got great reps working for us. Mm-hmm. Glenn's a super smart guy. My yeah. operations guy Ward is a rock star. He's yeah. one of the smartest guys I've ever met. Yeah. And Vicky, our office manager, we, we just don't have a lot of the issues that a lot of other companies have with you know, shipping things wrong, invoicing things wrong. Yeah. We, 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 a lot of companies spend a lot of time apologizing for their back office. Yeah. And I think our back office and our operations team led by Ward is, is, is our strong suit. That's what makes us best. You know, they let us go out there on the road and fuck up and make a million times. And at the end of the day, we still end up looking smart to the customer. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's critical. But yeah. like, so we have the infrastructure in place, but we're also very lean. You know what I mean? You look at some of these companies and they have six vice presidents of nothing. Yeah. And it's like, what are you, what would like office space? Like, what would you say you do? Yeah, here? What do you do here? You know, like, <laughs> like it's, it's, I, I'm a people person. Yeah. It's like, there are companies that sell the same amount of cigars a year that I do that have six people doing my job. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I don't feel particularly, do I look stressed? Like, yeah. no, I'm fucking ripping cigars and yeah. fucking drinking wine and having a good time. And yeah. I do that every day of my life, right? Yeah. And it's not, and I don't feel overwhelmed or stressed or anything yeah. like that. So we're lean. It's Glenn. It's me. It's Ward. It's the sales reps. It's our office staff. It's, it's, it's a lean team that's functional. And I think that we have the infrastructure in place and the cash flow in place and all of our business stuff is in a row and the product stands on its own like rolando via mill in the factory that we have there mm-hmm. in the dominican republic is exceptional rolando is one of the was one of the foremost uh if you that name rolando via mill mm-hmm. it could be a name in the cigar business in in a, in, in america yeah. if he gave a shit about 
marketing himself or yeah, anything yeah. like that. He, if you asked Ernesto Carrillo, if you asked uh, Hanky Kellner, if you asked mm-hmm. any of these guys the name Rolando Villamil, they would be like, "Oh my God, that yeah. guy is like fucking incredible." You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But he's never come to the United States and done tours and stuff like that. Yeah. He is he is a tobacco guy's tobacco guy. He spent fifty something years in the cigar business. He's a and he's a legend. And and, and the fact that we were able to partner with him. And and get him for as long as we've had him and yeah. and stuff like that. That's so we have everything in place. Is kind of yeah, what I'm yeah, getting at to yeah. actually answer your question. It's like right. it's let's like, go the long way around. It's yeah. it's like we we have everything in place. We have the infrastructure. We have the team. We have the people. And I think we're at the point where there's no reason we can't take that next step yeah. and and start growing the way that we want. And would I love to have like like our sales rep here that you met tonight, Guillermo. Mm-hmm. Guillermo uh, does all of our social media stuff for us. He does a lot of marketing stuff. He's engaged yeah. with the product. He yeah. wants to be involved in the tobacco side of the business and stuff like that. I don't want to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And and he's excellent at shit that I don't want to do. And that's yeah. what business is. Surrounding yeah. yourself with people that yeah, are you, better than you, yeah, you and empowering them to do things. Yeah, you get them to play to their strengths and, and everything like that. Like like to earlier tonight, you know, Doug was like, Hey, I want to have Jason on the register, have I'll do this, do that, and you know, you just will you know, he wanted me and him just kind of be schmoozers tonight just go around you know be with the customers because that's what we do best and at one point doug was like yeah go in the humidor and you know help out guillermo i pop my head in there and he's just like going away i'm like hell i ain't gotta do shit yeah, <laughs> i mean yeah, I, he's yeah. got this covered so i go back outside and i go to doug like, yep he's good yeah. <laughs> i'm just gonna go back over here and Talk to everybody else because I, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing I could bring to the table that he wasn't already, you know. Right? Are you going to sell double the cigars because yeah, you're no. breathing on him? <laughs> yeah, no, just like, you no. know, it's like <laughs> it's it's and then that's and that's my my philosophy too as yeah. a manager. And I think that the guys would say the same thing if you asked them. Is my what I try to do is eliminate shit yeah. from their path. And we were talking about this earlier. Yep. My job as a VP of Sales is not to compile reports and manage every element and be like this octopus with my hands and everything it's like my job is to eliminate the shit in front of the sales reps that makes it more difficult for them to sell cigars whether that's interacting with certain customers whether that's coming up with good deals it's taking their feedback digesting it and putting it in front of them in a way that makes sense for our business and then eliminating the stuff that a lot of other like like a lot of other companies you know the sales reps have an office day where they sit and they do expense reports and they do this and they do that my sales reps don't do any of that shit. Yeah. They visit a store, they pop up the CRM app on their phone, they log the visit, mm-hmm. and they go on to their next one. And yeah. they and they make notes, and the CRM automatically logs outbound and inbound calls and everything like that that comes from our customers. So they don't have to do expense reports. I review, or Glenn reviews their Amex statements. Yeah. And if there's a, something we have a question about, we ask the sales reps. But that never happens. Like We yeah. never ask them about anything because yeah. we trust them to be doing the right things in their market that they need to right. do, right? Yeah. And if you went, and, and, and I've had sales reps that have left and gone to other companies, and they've called me and been like, I didn't realize how fucking good you guys are yeah. until I, I had this experience. Or they right. came from other companes and started working for us and they're like, wow, like this yeah. is a brave new world. Yeah, right. Because I, I firmly believe my job is to not meddle in the affairs of mortals. Like I, yeah. I really like I really don't want to 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 get in the way 
a lot of like you see a lot of guys traveling with their bosses and stuff like that and they make less money that week mm-hmm. than they ever did when yeah. they if they were working alone yeah and that's never what i want to be like, yeah i don't want to be a fly in the face of progress yeah. right and i think a lot of guys justify their time by getting in the mud and fucking around with their sales reps right. and busting their balls about everything and stuff like that and that's how they right. justify their job yeah and and that is not what i want to do second so. guess everything they do why did you do that why did you do that yeah knowing that you have a good rep here who knows what he's doing and let him do it and, and he knows the accounts ten thousand times better than i do 100%. yeah so yeah. how am i going to tell him how to right. how to manage his time and how to manage his accounts let when him, i don't know them yeah let him point you in the directions where you can add value and let him guide you yeah Yep. Yeah, and they'll yep. tell me if if we have that kind of relationship, and yeah. they know that that's my philosophy. Yeah, they're gonna ask me if they have a question and not feel weird about it, or not feel right. like I'm gonna jump down their throat or be like, right. "Why didn't you figure this out already?" And why am I just finding out about this now? Yeah. Like, I'm you loop me in when you need me to be in. Yeah, and I'm I'm paying adults adult money to do an adult job. Yeah, and 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 I firmly believe like, I don't want to fucking do all this shit. Right, you know, like if I like if I'm at home. If I'm at home and not traveling, I'm at home. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a very real chance that if you knocked on my door at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, I'm sitting on my patio smoking a cigar, drinking a coffee on my iPad. Yeah. I'm not like in an office, like with a fucking headset, like calling people all the time or yeah. analog, you know, like that, like a, a whiteboard with numbers everywhere. And shit. I'm not fucking doing that. Yeah. I could be watching Amazon Prime, yeah. Yeah. you know, or Netflix or something. You don't find, I don't care. Yeah. But it's because I have good people. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't have to worry about them. And right. they're going to call me if they need me and I'll pause my you know, fucking show and yeah, answer yeah. my phone. You don't have you to know? look like Charlie Day when he has the, the yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bird law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that's not, that's just so not me. Yeah. That's the key so to that me. is getting the right people yeah. and giving them the direction that they need mm-hmm. and touching them at the right points and, and giving them the guidance that, that allows them to, yeah. to know when to get you involved and when not to. I, I tell Glenn all the time, I do my job right one time. Right. And that's hiring. Right. And if, as long as I do that, I paid for myself a hundred right. times. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If I hire the right person, right. then everybody looks smart, right. you know? And, and, and that's, and I need all the help I can get. So yeah. that, I've been yeah. very, very fortunate. Amen. Yeah. And I, and my boss and I were talking about this. You hire a smart person who will figure it out on their own, call you at the right moment when they need the guidance, then you've done the right, you've got the right start. Yeah. And said, and then when you you talk to them at the mentoring moments, not at the the controlling moments. So you're giving them guidance at the time when we're talking about, hey, how's it going? How's it? You know, how's how are things going on the road? Not how are you doing with this individual decision? So you're talking to them about big things and not little things, and staying out of their way on the little things. Let them handle all of that. Give them a chance to open up and ask questions for you. That's I think that's exactly what you're doing, and I yeah that's. <clears throat> that I could not be more impressed with that sort of philosophy. That's yeah, getting out of your people's way is a hundred percent the right approach. Yeah, and it is. It, and I think honestly, in this industry and in many other industries, as yeah. you know, in the corporate world, you know, from your jobs, like it's like that's the opposite of what many yeah. managers feel they yeah. need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Many managers feel like they have to cost justify their time by meddling with stuff and, and micromanage t- and stuff like that. Well, yeah, just, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like many times, like I've had shitty managers in my life in the corporate world where every time they talked to me, it was bad. Yeah. You know, every time they talked to me, it was bad. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what it becomes. And that is not, that is not my philosophy whatsoever. Yeah. That is yeah. not something that I want to be a part I, of. I find managers, especially in the corporate world, and we both corporate guys and 
they they want to measure something because we're taught in business school to measure stuff. Yeah, what right? gets measured gets done. That's right. what my professor always used to say. <laughs> right, yep. and that there's no truer. Uh, there's that's the most truthy truth thing in the world. Yeah, right? and and I always say, you know, be careful what you measure because that's what you'll get. Yeah, make sure yep. that's what you want because you're if you, as soon as you start measuring it, that's the only thing you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You better be damn sure that's what yeah, you want because yeah. if you're you're measuring it, that's what you're going to get. And if that's not what you want, you're not going to get what you want. Yeah. So, but I think I think to that point, like I think we have, and and to Aaron's original question, like I think we have enough smart shit in place mm-hmm. to where we can take it to the next level. Yeah. And I would love to be able to have a guy like Guillermo in a role, like a marketing role or yeah. something like that. But we, yeah. I mean, we just don't need it right now yeah. you know we we need it to the extent that he's doing it now but i would love for that to be his job and focus on Full growth time. and yeah. and you know what i mean yeah. and stuff like that from a different angle than i'm focusing on growth i'm managing numbers right towards growth and i'm right. managing salespeople towards growth and making them better but it's like i would love to be able to take that extra prong yeah. but to get there guillermo's got to fucking grow his territory yeah. you know like yeah, it's right. like and and then i can pay you to do something else because right. i can afford to hire somebody else and hire you and yeah. you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. so it's like we we all have to be on the same page and i feel like our team is i feel like everybody sees where we're sure. going everybody knows that we're doing the right stuff and where a lot of these companies that you talk to they'll everybody in the cigar business is up if you ask them yeah at any oh given yeah, time. yeah 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 you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. like oh how was last year oh it was the oh, best, it. best year we killed ever it. had we killed yeah. it yeah. you know and and that's just, it's simply not true yeah can't be because true. i can't be up double digits for 10 years and not be eating somebody's fucking lunch yeah right you know what yeah. i mean like yeah, yeah, i know yeah. it's coming from somewhere and we're fortunate we're in a year like last year where all these key accounts consolidated and you know, JR Cigars International, they all were selling or buying or yeah. doing something yeah. or yeah. polishing their PL and 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 they were on buying freezes with everybody. Other other manufacturers who have 30, 40% PL exposure to yeah. these key accounts, these guys go on a buying freeze, your business is torpedoed. Right? right. And now your sales reps are out there doing four and one, five and one deals for the first time in history, trying to scrap to get that money back, and it's never gonna fucking come because yeah. you Can't. gave away too much of your business to them. I have 16 to 18% P&L exposure with key accounts. Yeah. Those guys are down. Well, good thing was national sales was up, you know, 15% or something like that, right? right. So we ended up finishing up the year up a few a few percentage points. Yeah. Right. And you talk to some of these bigger companies and they're like, man, we got fucking mauled last year. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. you gave away too much of your business. And, and, and we don't do things like that. And that's a lot of stuff that like the customers don't see the customers don't see me not sending an order to XYZ account to become an inventory liability yeah. so that they now sell our cigars for $6 each instead of $8 each like yeah. you have them here in West End. Yeah. Like It's like right. if, if, I, if I oversell this key account, now I'm an inventory liability. Now it's their prerogative yeah. to eliminate it. Yeah. Whether they get a nasty email from me or not, they don't give a shit. They've yeah. got to get rid of it. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, your customers are saying, "Shit, I can get um, the, that Christoph Maduro for six dollars on Cigars International, and you're yeah. selling it for eight fifty. You shyster, you know, yeah. like." Yeah. Yeah. And and but that doesn't happen with us yeah. Yeah. because we protect it on the back end, and the yeah. sale and the customers don't see that. Yeah. I could be if I I could snap my fingers tomorrow, and I could open up bulk to all these key accounts, and I could do all kinds of stuff, and I could add a million and a half, two million dollars to my P and L in 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 a year. Yeah. And, but I don't, and it's to protect the brick and mortar retailer. It's to protect my sales reps who are trying to do business with these guys. And, and nobody sees that shit. 
But yeah. that's the stuff that we do in the background, mm-hmm. right? As good managers, as good PL managers, that other companies aren't doing, that puts their sales reps in a position where they have to justify themselves to retailers. Right. And my sales reps don't have to have that conversation yeah. Yeah. about back orders, about price protection, about all this other stuff. My sales reps simply don't have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah because and they I'm, don't realize how good that is until they don't fucking have it. Yeah, because I mean, like, you know, on event night like we had tonight, you know, their job isn't here to be the face of what, you know, Christoph is and, you know, be that welcoming entity of you know here's this product here's this amazing product and you know it's i'm going to sell it to you but i don't really have to sell it to you because the product kind of sells itself but it kind of works itself all the way back around mm-hmm. with like garamel with you being in here you know talking to every customer that came in through the door tonight yeah if not both of you one of you yep. you know stuck your hand out talked to every single one of them yep. you know you got up there and you know talked a little bit about you know just learning about the history and the guy I was talking to that we talked about wine for, for with like 10 minutes, he was just sitting there the whole time. Just like, man, I didn't know that. That's so cool. And like, I even, he looked at me when you talked about the pigtail thing, like, hell, I didn't know that either. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, it's just the, it's the little things that you're not going to get at in that big kind of just like, like you're saying the, the internet wise, you're just not going to get that. The internet. One of, that one-on-one cohesiveness with, with the shop. Yeah. The retailer is an important mix of this because it's where most of us, you know, buy cigars and do yeah. all that. The internet is part of the game. And what you're talking about, and I've seen a lot of the, the middle to small uh, brands uh, at some point. And then the one thing I like about Christoph is they've done that as, from a retailer point of view. They've always been, you know, you sell online. I've uh, I've seen, you know. You Those do guys that. are my accounts. Yep. And and that's a very real market. And there's people who don't have a B and M who that's where they buy cigars from, right? Um, and I've but I've seen small and middle uh, sized companies blow up and go away because uh, they they cut their brand out um, because they they did cut that deal because pigs eat and hogs get slaughtered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. what you happens. You know, like and 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 that's something that we try to insulate ourselves right. from because at the end of the day, it's my responsibility. If this whole thing goes tits up. I've got to look Guillermo in the eye when I run into him in a cigar shop in Dallas and say, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Sorry for your family. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. And then more importantly than that, even I've got 270 employees in South America, you know, or Central yeah. America that yeah. that that now don't have a middle class job anymore. Right. And they can't replace that job. That's true. You know, yeah. and, and that's when we go down there to the factory and see the Christmas, go to real. the Christmas party and see these people. Yeah. And these people are like coming up to you and they can't speak English, but they like learned a phrase in English to talk, to say it to you. Yeah. Right. Thank you very much for blah, blah. It's like it's fucking deal. whoa. Yeah. You know, yeah. like this yeah. is what we do. They bring their kids to the Christmas party, their yeah. families. And it's like, this job is not a job that they can get. If yeah. the cigar industry yeah. goes away, they can't replace their jobs. Their skills are not translatable yeah. to something else. Fidel you know. talked about that on the coffee podcast we had a couple uh, ago, talking about you know making sure that everybody in the chain is taken care of and gets a fair, fair, fairly rewarded for the work that they do. And he was very passionate about that and, and understanding that that's important on all of this um, and protecting that chain to make sure that everybody you know continues to have a job. And was, he was very passionate about that. Obviously, you are as well. And you know, there's a lot of people who 
are dependent on uh, making sure that uh, you know the products just continue to make and sell, and that people at the end receive a fair value for what they buy, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. important. And you've talked about the the quality that you put into that. And those people, you know, put that hard work in there to make sure that, that the work that it comes out the end is of, of value to them. And I think this is important in all of that. And I, internet retail provides a value, but um, the weird, we saw that in the shop in Springfield. And I think you make a great point. Um, one of the, we had a bunch of people would come in and they would say, you, you know, will you please carry our cigars? And you, know, we, you have several people who walk through the front door wanting you to carry their cigars and when you go on one of the first things i would do is check cigars international and cigar.com because i don't want to carry a cigar that i have to because of state tax and a bunch of other things i have to price at eight dollars not because i want to gouge customers because that's when the when the taxes add up that's what it is right yeah um because i have to pay those taxes i don't have a choice yeah and And those guys will do what like if you like like those guys are great partners for us. Right. Cigars International, JR, yeah, Famous, yep. they're all Decent excellent guys. partners for yep. us. Decent guys. Because we don't let ourselves become an inventory liability. We yeah. don't try to oversell yeah, them. We don't them try fairly. to be pigs. And they appreciate that in the same way we yeah. appreciate the business that they're yep. giving us. Yep. And they don't disrespect us and we don't disrespect them. And yeah, we I'm don't sure ask you too sell much a bunch them. through them because yeah. you have a good product and people want to buy. And especially people who don't have, have access to a B&M, it's their, their chance. There's cigars that we don't get in Arkansas for various reasons. And I, uh, you know, a lot of times that's the only place I can get them. Yeah. Right? So. yeah. Well, like you said, you know, it kind of all starts at the top. You know, even going back to when you first came on with Christoph, you know, you said, you know, Glenn would reach out to you every other month or so. I mean, you just, you don't see that a lot, especially with a startup. But seeing that he's, he kind of kept yeah. that connection with you, you know, just in trying to, you know, get this momentum rolling to what it is and what it will become, you know, in the future. I know yeah. you've met, you obviously have a, a, a very close relationship with Glenn. I've met him a couple of times because he came down to our shop in Springfield. He was, um, he's an impressive guy. He yeah, is, for sure. you, you described, I mean, he's, he's a big personality. He's, uh, he's great in a cigar shop. That's why we loved events with, with, with you all, because he's a big personality and he's uh, he's great in the shop as as both of you or tonight um but you talk to him so like afterwards like we're doing right now um he's a business guy number guy business guy and you sit down and you talk to him when he's when he's doing the personality thing you get all the cigar stuff and all the knowledge coming out but you sit down and have a business to business conversation with him and you go Yeah, you got it going on. I, I find yeah. him very impressive. I liked him. And I would never. And, and I've had uh, I've had other offers. I've had other companies that yeah. are much bigger than ours offer me bigger jobs than the one that I have now. And I've said no to every single one of them. And it's because Glenn, when I got to his office in Chicago, after knowing him for two years or something like that, and talking on the phone and stuff like that, giving writing my name and phone number on the back of his business card, two years later when I got to his office in Chicago. Um, he had my name and phone number written on the back of his business card taped to his computer monitor. (laughs) And he looked at it every fucking day. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's the guy I want to work for. And everything he, he told me, if you come in here and show me that it works, you're going to run the company. And then he fucking did it. 
You like, know what I mean? He's you know, done everything for like me that he's like ever that said he was going to do. And I have no reason to go anywhere else. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if God forbid anything ever happened in the cigar business and it became difficult to do business the way that we do now, yeah. I would be the last one to jump off, you yeah. know, because yeah. I, I, I believe in him. I believe in the product. I yeah. believe in the brand. He's worth following. I, for sure. Uh, you can see that when you meet him. He's he's one of those guys worth following. Yeah. I noticed one of the things. We, we usually do cigar news, but I, w- I was going to do a slight twist on this. I'm calling slight, slight audible. audible. Slight audible. Um, I noticed that Glenn came out. We've been talking a lot about the PCA stuff. And I noticed Glenn came out um, pretty quickly after the big four or five. Aaron wants to make it five. I, I want to make it four. And he it's like came four and out, a half. Yeah. Four and a half. Um, no, it's four, but that's fine. <laughs> um, he came out fully in support. And my position, just so you know, uh, is the PCA performs an important role within the industry as a whole, as a lobbying organization, as, as a point of unity to really lobby in, on uh, not only behalf of the manufacturers and, and the retail shops, but also on behalf of cigar smokers. And he came out in in a big way in support of the PCA. Um, and I don't know if this is a comfortable subject. We can cut this out if you wish. But I was—I noticed he was one of the first, if not the first, to come out and say, him and Fuentes, to say, no, 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 we're, we're in fully on this, and we think this is really important. I wrote that letter. Okay. Um, and, and, so I assume you're comfortable talking about yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm very comfortable talking about it. Um, so that was something that we thought was really important um, because, uh, you know, for for all the things that PCA could possibly do better, we all have things that we could do better. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And it's and it's a it's a it's an aircraft carrier. It's not a destroyer. You yeah. know, it's it, yeah. it takes a long time to turn. Yep. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, involved parties. There's a lot of things going on. So uh, the reality of the situation with PCA is they are what we got. You yeah. know, and yeah, they've been yeah, there yeah. for us for a long time. They've been there for us when we were all making hay, and 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 now uh, you know times be tight, <laughs> and, yeah, right, yeah. and 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 where they've been there advocating for us this whole time, we need to be there, yeah, advocating for them when they need us. And um, that being said, uh, it's they're a company the way that we're a company, 100%. and so uh, the, the 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 only prerogative. For a, for a for-profit company is demonstrating shareholder value, period. Yeah. And and they need to do as good a job as they can to demonstrate shareholder value for us, whether that be through lobbying efforts, whether that be through putting on a good trade show and generating sales and revenue for all of the manufacturers, yeah. creating good margins for the retailers who are their constituency. So all those things are really important. But the fact of the matter is right now the PCA needs us to step up and to be better yeah. and, and, and to be more involved. And, and for... For anybody to, to, to see the climate that we're in right now and say it is not important to be a part of this, um, it just is anathema to me. Because those guys, the people that were doing that were the people that leveraged the PCA platform and the trade show and all those things to, to build their brands yeah. over, over a very long period of time. Yep. You know, and now that, you know, for for you to look at the political environment right now and say, I'm not particularly happy right now. What have you done for me lately? Uh, I'm packing up my toys and going home. Uh, It's hard to it feels intellectually dishonest to me. And 
I I mean, we're you know a tail on the or you know we're we're a, a flea on the tail of the dog that is some of these companies if sure. you look at it in perspective, yeah. but. I understand that their positions are not reconcilable in some places, like on flavored tobacco and things yep. like that. Like uh, what a lot of what a lot of people listen and what a lot I'm sure your listeners um, might not might not necessarily understand. They look at this uh, from the outside if they're aware of it, and you see companies like Altidus, General, Drew Estates, and Davidoff withdrawing from the trade association, and you say, well, what? Why would they do that, right? Like yeah. why? But if you're a P&L manager for those companies, you look at it and you say. You know, like PCA is willing to, they're not sacrificing it or throwing it under the bus, but flavored tobacco isn't something that we can say, you know, we're not marketing to youth and that's a reason why we should be exempt from regulation. And then, but we really want to make sure that we can still keep selling, you know, vanilla, yeah, oatmeal cookie cigars or whatever it is, you know, like that, that's a bastardization of what's going on, but like that's like that you can't really say. And if, and if it takes, uh, not advocating hard for one position that doesn't affect the majority of the manufacturers and retailers um, it, in exchange for saving the premium handmade cigar business. Yeah. Um, I, I understand why the trade association would do that. But a company like Altidus in general might not make a lot of flavored or infused cigars, but these are big companies, yeah, right? right? Three quarters of their P&L doesn't involve the brick and mortar retailer. Yeah. So they have JRs, they have Santa Clara, they have Cigars International, they have Meyer and Dutch, they have Casa de Monte Cristo, they have Cigars International retail stores. And so those, what percentage of sales in those three segments of those other big companies' business do you think come from flavored and infused tobacco, right? Yeah. How many ga- how many C stores and convenience stores and gas stations and shit do you think Meyer and Dutch or Santa Clara put acid and other flavored or infused products into? Yeah. A lot, Five. right? So if you're a P&L manager and you're looking at this legislative environment and you're saying, you know, I could potentially lose forty percent of my P&L in in three of my four businesses, yeah, as a function of not advocating for the the exemption flavored or something, right? You're gonna fucking do that because right. you're a business manager. Yeah. They're not doing this, like they're not doing this to like be spiteful or yeah. capricious right. or arbitrary. They're doing it because there's a legitimate business reason to do it. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like you know you get gangrene in the foot, you cut off the foot so the body lives. Correct, kind of thing. Correct. And so these companies almost don't have another choice. Like if I, if if in an alternate universe I was at the helm or somewhere where I would be influential in one of these other organizations, yeah. I would say our positions are mutually exclusive you know mm-hmm. like like you like you can you, can. you can't reconcile those right. two positions yeah. you know the pca and the legislative position we're taking is advocating for the premium handmade cigar business and they while they care about that mo a lot of their business is is deter is determined by their ability to continue to sell the products that we aren't advocating for yeah. right so it, it it makes sense if you whiteboard it yeah. you know why these companies would leave sure. the the trade association. So I understand all perspectives and I have empathy for for or I have sympathy for 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 both sides. Right. Um because I know that nobody, do you think a single sales rep or sales manager for any of these companies that withdrew is like, man, I can't wait to talk to all my customers about this. Yeah. Like nobody yeah. want, thinks that way. Right. Yeah. Right? Um but but I, I understand as an executive why you would why you would make a decision like sure. that. So yeah, sure. it's it's an interesting time right now in the cigar right. business for sure. 
Yeah, it's a tough time legislatively. We, almost every every hour of every day, we hear about some new piece of legislation that's coming out, yeah. and uh, asking for age increase, or asking to ban flavored cigars, or public parks uh, being banned, smoking ban. It's just a, it's a weird time for us to lose uh, that strength of legislative. Uh, uh, lobbying and it's it's an unfortunate time i i know we uh, brandon and i were talking about this uh last friday uh, uh you know it's everybody views it as the as the trade show exclusively there's a lot more that goes on and it's it, mostly not it's mostly not i agree <laughs> the, the 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 trade show is a way for them to raise money to do the shit right the that, other stuff that but, we need to protect the industry there's two there's two big things that i think people get wrong who aren't in the industry the first is that that is what they do and the second thing is that that trade show is a party um and there are certainly fun parts to it but to be honest with you it's uh it's a shit ton of work yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's business first it's yeah. it's business all right some of the business is making relationships that happens to be over dinners or drinks but it's um it's just a ton of work I mean, yeah. it's where you it's where you do most of your work. It does a lot of business. You do you do meet reps here, but as a retailer, you do that's a, just a ton of work. That's yeah. an important part of your buying cycle. It's, it's an a, important way yeah. that you net margin for the year. Yep. Uh, it, it really trickles all the way down to the consumers in a really meaningful way. And and do consumers need to understand that? No, no, no. But Absolutely you, not. That's the best part about cigars is you don't have to know a fucking thing about them to like them yeah, or right. to enjoy them. Yeah. And yeah. and and that's the best part about it. But if you want to get into the mud, man, there's mud to get through. Yeah, yeah, we you were know, talking. like yeah. there's yeah. there's there there is shit. Yeah, you, you want to go waller in it? Yeah, you got yeah, plenty of yeah. it to do. Yeah, Doug yeah. and Aaron and I were talking when the, the news first dropped, and they were they were telling me how much fun the the show was, and I went as the one guy who's been there. Not quite as much fun as you think it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let yeah. me just tell you. It was eighteen-hour days. Yeah, uh, your walking feet around hurt, with, your back hurt. You yeah. don't sleep well. You, walking around with the laptop, know. talking about how you made budgets work and how you could, <laughs> you know, you found this one cigar which was great, but you got to figure out how that works in your budget because you, you know it's not like you're as, as a retailer shop you don't have an unlimited budget. You gotta, yeah, not everything's everybody's working. Brandon McKinney. Right. You know, like. <laughs> right. That is actually factually accurate. <laughs> um, and and we all want to be Brandon, but uh, but I but want to look sure. like me, but be like Brandon. <laughs> that is also actually factually accurate. Um, so yeah, that was that was great. I I, I uh, I'm I'm concerned, right? When I when it first came out, and they were talking about a bunch of things, and the way I wrapped up my analysis is my biggest concern is the lobbying in a time where we can't be weaker. Yeah. We uh, we are making ourselves weaker, and 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 that's it. I understand their point, and I uh, the flavored cigars. I I get all of it. Just not a good time to show uh, lack of unity. No, unfortunately, people make business decisions for a lot of good reasons, and sometimes uh, there are side effects to that. Or, yeah. or, or other. and look, it's not like these companies are leaving to advocate against our position. No. Yeah. they're leaving to add. Yeah. Uh, additional stuff to their position yeah. which could as a consequence make our position seem weaker yeah. uh, because these guys are also the loudest voices in the room these right. are the biggest swinging dicks you know yeah. so yeah. without question so so that definitely weakens our position but as a whole our lobbying efforts i think are are still on track and the progress that we've made yeah. um I, I just don't know why you would walk away 
having having been such a big part of getting us to this point in why our in our lobbying efforts why wouldn't to, you get the payoff right yeah, and then yeah. split off and do yeah. what advocate for whatever else you want to advocate for like well, just get the credit right like be a big part of something big that was good for everybody and then it's also know. the first shot so maybe yeah. maybe they come back so it's a long game negotiation thing and you and I are both business guys so maybe I, the other thing I said is you, you, you know this was just the first shot so you know there's you know yeah yeah that's what we said I a couple weeks ago. This, this is the shot again across the bow see what happens see what happens yeah. so maybe next year they're back maybe this year they're back maybe they they find a way to 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 negotiate back or maybe in. they start their own trade show maybe they do and so uh With hookers I, and blow this is yeah this is <laughs> It's Vegas. Not going to argue against that. <laughs> um, uh, this is the point, though, where I say we as consumers do have our own channel on this, or yeah. our own avenue on this, and I encourage you. I see you still have CRA packs up there. Mm-hmm. Um, that CRA pack is a great way of of supporting another lobbying organization. Um, I smoked a couple more of my CRA packs. It's about time to to purchase one of those packs again. Um, it, it's a good price. They're uh, limited edition cigars, which is a great choice. Um, you get a year's member membership yeah, get, in the CRA. Membership CRA. It's a great way. You get a ten percent discount at our shop. I know here, and which is great. Um, and and they lobby as well. And so I encourage encourage people as individual cigar smokers. That's a great way. CRA is uh, is, is an a- avenue we have as individual cigar smokers. We can't be members of. PCA, but we can be members of CRA. Yeah, there's, there's revenues out there for you to. You yeah, know, there are definitely avenues, yeah. avenues yeah. to get involved. It's a, it's an important time. I know there's uh, you know there's a lot of stuff going on, but we need to make sure. And this is you know I lobby as part of I lobbied as part of my day job up in Illinois, um, uh, and so I ta- I've talked to politicians. They need to know that we cigar smokers um, we vote. Um, we consider cigar smoking uh, something that's important to us, and we consider uh, our right to do so something we're going to take in consideration when we vote. Uh, and we need to we need to make sure that they understand that. Yeah, they have to know you exist. Yeah. Yep, yeah. they know the anti-tobacco people exist. Right. Yeah. And when I would talk to them, they they would always remind me that we're not a very sympathetic group. We're old white guys. Uh, in uh, smoke-filled back rooms and that we're not very sympathetic on the on the campaign trail and I get that but they need to know that we exist and that we are serious and so uh, we need to take advantage of those avenues which we have so just a reminder at this point that yeah. thank you for covering that that was great I was I was happy to see I was not surprised that you guys stood up um, because that's that's the kind of thing that that you guys do but uh, I was happy to see you guys did that so yeah. thanks for doing that of course yeah. where can people get your cigar i mean it this is is it an event only or is it at certain shops so the way that it works is like shops that i have a relationship with okay like like west end and like some other shop and i'll try to remember all the shops that i've done it mm-hmm. at so far um but like it's those stores uh if you do the event with me if you support me if yeah. we've got a uh if we have a good relationship with the store yeah um, you get the cigar. It's almost it. It's and and you know what? That sounds like an official way to say it. It's going to my buddies. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to my buddies. <laughs> it's it's people I want to hang out with. Yeah, and people that have stores that have people I want to hang out with in them. Cool. That's where it's going. Yeah, because yeah. like I said, and I've I think we've made this clear when 
you know, we talk about sizing and where the blend came from and how it was conceptualized. This is some just something I care about, yeah, you know, like, yeah. and so I want it to go to people that are going to care about something I care about. Yeah, so yeah. it's not going to, it's not, as of now, we, we don't have plans to like commercialize it in any yeah. sort of meaningful way or anything sure. like that. So it's here at West End Cigars, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it is at uh, ZT Cigars in Oklahoma. It's at uh, Cigar Room in Madison, Alabama. It's at uh, Havana Cigar Club in Rhode Island. It's at Humidor Cigar Shop in uh, Rhode Island. It's at Two Guys Cigars in New Hampshire. Um, it's at Vintage Cigar Lounge in Westerly, Rhode Island. Um, it's at... Shit. I'm trying to think. Renegade Cigars in Dallas, which was like my home shop in Dallas. Okay. Um, it's... Um, it's and and it's coming to a lot more stores too. Okay, Can you think yeah. of anything else? No. So is it on the website? Is no. Look, no. Okay. <laughs> Super <luck>. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so so Arkansas wise, if you want it, come to it's West gonna End. Be West End. C- come come here and get it. And okay. you know, as somebody who I've had it twice now, you've had it twice. Oh, it is man, it's so amazing. so good. And especially you know, since you didn't care if I liked it or not, and since but it is. For the record, I really liked it. Yeah, I tried to buy a box tonight. I know they go on sale tomorrow. They were the giveaway tonight, and I have four in my locker that I'm looking forward to smoking, and I will yeah. be buying some tomorrow. Um, they are amazing. So I'm not sure when like this episode is going to come out. They'll be on sale by so the time it, they come out. It, it, if there's any left. <laughs> so we, we don't know, but uh, as of right now, as of yeah. the 21st, awesome. it's, uh, it's But here, we have but, them. Yeah, like, but it's you have not them. Yeah. like a limited thing. Yeah. The guys that 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 are supporting it we'll get them you get them yeah no, and it's, it's going to become a it's yeah i mean people i mean you heard everybody talking about it tonight i mean everybody was just raving about it and like and you and you wanted honest opinions on it and you got everybody's yeah. honest opinion from you because yeah, if anything good. cigar people don't pull punches yeah I mean, for sure we you know i get accused of pulling punches uh with my reviews of uh, it's all right but i you're not getting an it's all i get it i give an it's all right when it's a cigar i won't smoke yeah but you did not get an, it's all right for me no, this, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was awesome really good i can't wait to to yeah. smoke more of them yeah. and it's get, a box get, press which is extremely unusual for christoph and you and i i, I learned to like uh, box presses for the same reason uh, I heard you espouse tonight, which is when I was working in the shop, you put the cigar down like yeah. a billion places, yeah. and with the with the normal size, the round, um, it rolls off everywhere and then starts stuff on fire. And um, with the box press, you can put it down with some assurance that yeah, it's that not going to go, go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Then all you have to do is find it. Yeah. Which is this? It's, a, That's it's also a problem, hard. right? Yeah. <laughs> But it's less hard. It's than, bottles of water and and cigars right. that I leave around. Right. Absolutely. Everywhere. But it's not under a couch, which makes it extra hard. Yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. I, when you said that, I laughed because I thought there's if you work in a cigar shop or you're one of those people who's working, that where the hell did I put my cigar? Something oh, is uh, a regular cigar cigar worker you don't think about. Yeah. I, I mean, like one of the cigars tonight, I walked around like seven ashtrays. Like, is that mine? Is that mine? Is that mine? Right. And, I mean, and when literally everybody it. is smoking, Christoph is like, well, hell. Right. Yeah, gotta, it could be right. anything. Could I, be. Figured, I figured you like, smoke. I, I might have smoked mine. I don't I, know. I, just, I figured you were smoking a blondie tonight so you could recognize <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I so I, I don't know if I finished mine or not, but I finished somebody's. Right. So. Nobody bitched. Nope. 
Well, speaking of finishing up. Okay. So, every time we end the show, we do a game called Million Dollars Butt. Ask you a question. You get a million dollars, one time only, but whatever the cards say, you then have to do for either a certain amount of time or for... Ever. Ever. And this is the time where we're going to encourage your mom to stop listening. Yes. Okay, mom, please quit listening. Yes. My so. mother doesn't know about podcasts in Arkansas. <laughs> We're encouraging Aaron's mom. Hey, my this mom, is, my hey, this, mom will laugh. This, this is podcast worldwide. This is world, yeah, prestige worldwide. <laughs> right. wow, wow, wow. Really from, from Sweden to Australia. Sweden and Australia, I think, will appreciate this one. They have a good sense of humor. I think they'll like this. <laughs> All right. Everybody knows it. A million dollars. But? At every family gathering. Oh. You have to suckle milk directly from the closest mammal. Oh, Jesus. The closest mammal. Mm-hmm. I mean, yikes. <laughs> so, for the record, wow, I feel like I need to ask clarifying questions in order to make me look like an idiot. I want to say people are mammals, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> I, yeah. I know that part. I'm pretty fucking sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dogs are not mammals. Dogs are mammals. Dogs are mammals. Do you do you do you want me to cut that out? Or do you want me to keep that in? <laughs> no, you can keep. Also, that in. does that weigh into your decision? <laughs> are you, just, no. Are you interested? <laughs> if well, it's a dog, then yeah. you'll suck. No, no. I would I suckle clark- a dog for what, what, a million dollars. What's the, I can what, make a lot of money what, with what's a million the, dollars. What's the what's the the Fokker's How line? Long? I have I have nip- nipples, Mark. Can you milk me? Could you? So could for you the milk question, because here's the deal. <laughs> I mean. So, I mean, it's, I... Okay, you're uh, taking a long time. I'm going to say no. How about that? Okay. No. You're a hard no. I live with my wife and my dogs. So this is why I asked the clarifying question. I have family who I could FaceTime a bunch, right? So I'm trying to find a way to say yes. You're trying to encourage me to say yes more to these, <laughs> right? Because I'm a hard no. Under the million dollars is not a lot of money. Okay, 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 let me jump in right here. Okay, we're all guys in the room. Yes. We all have nipples. We do. Do male dogs have nipples? Yeah. Do they? I mean, I've never, I'm not a dog. Mammals, by definition, all have nipples. It's one of the great mysteries. Is that by definition? So if I look up the dictionary. You would be suckling for a very long time on a male dog. (laughs) So do you Show show me on a horse where the nipples go. They're underneath. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Right away, I know. <laughs> Just am I without the only missing ra- a beat. Yeah, am they're I underneath, the- about eight inches away from the clavicle. Yeah. <laughs> right. Am I the only redneck in this room? I guess I am. Fair enough. There we go. Um, uh, wow. Well, I'm going to say, what is a family gathering? I mean, you got Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter. I don't uh, do any of that. Potluck, uh, funeral. It's my um, wife and two male dogs. Um, I've, I like my. I'm going to say like I mean, it's my wife if you have to bring a a food dish or something, that's a family gathering. Well, I don't go to family gatherings. Nobody comes to you. So last no. Thanksgiving birthday, and last Christmas. No, no. I mean, that sounds like an easy million dollars for you. Then I live I live 1,500 miles choose, away from my whole family. Can I choose the mammal? It just says the closest closest mammal. Is it closest? Um, I'm going to say the closest yeah, like to proximity. you. So I could, like, keep my wife close. <laughs> I mean, technically. Trying to get to technically, yes. Technically. That's what I mean. I do that shit for free. 
<laughs> it's like damn straight. <laughs> so two yeses, huh? I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna I'm find gonna a way yes. to get to yes. Because uh, I might make for some awkward Christmas Eves. Like if every fifth year I go home <laughs> to Christmas Eve or something like that, that might make some awkward. You're like oh, this is just how we we celebrate. Christmas. I mean, my yeah. family is is fairly. Um, uh, loose, so that they're we're gonna they're gonna understand when I say this is the moment where I must. right. I can be like Auntie. I gotta give you a thousand dollars. Like I'm sorry. I'm gonna stand. you know Merry Christmas to, to you. I'm gonna stand next to Paul all the time, so yeah. I'm not gonna actually. Have That's to what stand. I would do. I would make sure it's always if I life. had any exposure. That Marissa was like the closest man. Yeah, just yeah. Just all attached to the hip. All like I would long. hug my family like with her in the middle. <laughs> like, yeah. you, go you could in. manage expectations. Yeah, you could manage to keep keep your wife right in front of you, and then yeah, you deal with it. Yeah, I'm still. I'm not going to roll the dice. I mean, I keep, do a lot of family gatherings. A lot. I don't do I any. Assume, I assume that it was like well, when I go home and it's my wife and my two dogs. That's not a family gathering. All right, we. In the cigar shop, think of this as a family. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Is whoa. the cigar shop a family gathering? Hard no. I mean, that changes it. Yeah, that's yeah. Then then that becomes a no for yeah. me. Yeah, right. Because I'm in. I'm in. You know. <laughs> I mean, you got to think like like Brandon opens up like on that, Christmas but... Day and Thanksgiving every year because there's some whoa. people out there that don't have family. I think this is the family. Fam- so. I think of you as family. That doesn't actually make you family. I don't, family doesn't also, mean... Also, can you designate people? Family doesn't family. mean blood or name, so... Like, could Actually, I go to, like, Starbucks and be like, oh, hey. <laughs> family gathering. <laughs> right. What's up? Huh? What's up, sis? <laughs> right. Or something like... Sure. Like, <laughs> so I would you? get arrested within three months. <laughs> so, that, so, that, so I hear there's an opening at, at Christopher. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was single-handedly <laughs> torpedoed my career. <laughs> I is all of these. I find them completely ludicrous. I'd like to point that out at this point, but uh, I, I would try to find a way to say yes. I could move into the you nope, know, nope, no, 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 no. Can't do that. I know you keep cutting out all my answers, no. but it's yet this is the goofy game. Yeah. But uh, I would, I would <laughs> find is... a way to say yes and always have Paul. I assume it's extended family who was actually blood relation. Just to make this not something that there's no way you could say yes to, unlike the one last week that no one would ever say yes to, and I would say I would always keep. Paula I think I said I think I said yes to it though. The the smelling of the ass. Yeah, you did, did say not it? say yes to that. Know, you were a hard no immediately. Okay, I think you said no before you read it out loud. Uh, okay. Can I ask you guys one? You can have at it. Sure. Would yeah. you rather fight one? One, let me make sure I get this right, too, in my head. Okay. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 50 duck-sized horses? Uh, the 50 horse duck-sized horses. You think? I'm a former soccer player. I can kick the shit out of it. 50? Yeah. All charging at you at once? That's I mean, what, what are they gonna I mean, what are they gonna do? They're gonna like nip at you at most. No, they'll trample you as a unit. Yeah, but like a duck. If fifty ducks how run many, over you. So how many okay. So how many I think I could take on a thousand ducks. That's preposterous. <laughs> I don't think I could beat what five ducks. What five, right now. five ducks? No, if they're fucking trying hard? <laughs> what 
dude. It's, no not like they, it's not like they have like guns. Ducks are. Have you ever tried to? Have no. you ever seen an? He's not a golfer. Duck? He's not a golfer. He's never You're seen out of your mind. I mean, I've He's seen like. I'm I've afraid seen, of one duck. I've seen yeah. no geese. Like those are like chicken cobras. Yeah, yeah that's different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think the over under is probably three ducks. No, three ducks. If if somehow miraculously that's, oh, that's like three ducks. ducks just yeah. got in this room well, right but, now, but you I don't think, think you take would, three ducks? I think the money would go down evenly if uh, Aaron versus three ducks. Now, having said that, I would lay my money on the three ducks. This money in the bank for me all day long. Oh, I'm team duck. I'm team duck. I'm team. I'm team duck. I feel like we need to go to a farm <laughs> and like. Have me get I'm in a pen with mad ducks. ducks. Ducks would I mean, kill. Well, okay, you at, at worst you catch so, a duck. Okay, that's what ducks have tonight. long necks. You take a neck. You then you have like. But that du- both your hands are but, free. No, what but, are you like gonna like kick with both? <laughs> no, legs, but like, now you levitate? got like now you have like duck nunchucks. You just like swing it around to the last duck, and you're See, done. He envisions himself. Uh, Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> Everybody's got a plan until you get quacked to death. Until, until, until you get pecked to death. Everybody's got a plan until the first <laughs> yep. quack. Yep, yep. <laughs> nah, I can take it. Nope, you have no chance. I think it... So he what, his plan is to run with the bulls. And so we have, we have this guy who's an <laughs> so uh, ex-football player. Pa- 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 and he yeah. was going he was going to run with the bulls. And he was going... You know, he, Aaron says, I'm in really good shape. And the ex-football player kind of goes... Yeah. <laughs> and it was the best moment. Because yeah. he's like going, yeah. He goes, well, you should have seen me before. And he goes, the bull's not going to care about how fat you were before. Yeah, the he's going to run The bull down. doesn't look at before and afters, dude. He's like, what did you do, keto? No, he's going to fucking shove his horn so far into your stomach that you're shitting blood for eternity. Yes. I, I can... It, I got money. I'm when, that is what when, I, that when, is what what uh, people in the world call white people shit. <laughs> so for the record, like I'm gonna get on a fucking plane to go run away from animals that like statistically kill people. Right. I pretty when I get yes. over there to do this, I think I can. There's usually like when seven bulls. Seven. I think I can touch two bulls. So why would I you think, even want to do that? So you touch the bull, it's like good luck and just for no, you know what's good luck? Fucking staying home. <laughs> yes, I'm, I think I can, I can touch two bulls. <laughs> that's good. That's wild that you would want to do that. Me, yeah. like you read these stories all the time of like these people that like shipwreck off the coast of Florida and they swim like nine miles. And, and it's like, there is nothing in my life that I care enough about to swim nine miles for. <laughs> Not one thing. You, I w- a piece of seaweed would touch my foot and I would sink straight to the bottom. You would just like open up I your gullet and just bring right, it all in. I would just be like, take me, Jesus take the wheel, maybe I'll land on Cuba or something. You just, you just I don't Carrie Underwood. I would immediately die. Like, I would immediately... A piece of seaweed, like not even a creature, but they're like, they have thousands of jellyfish stings. I would be like... So, Immedi- immediately dead. So no, the like, correct answer, by the way, is the uh, the duck the size of a horse because you have one animal and you can uh, you can you can fight. You take the smaller of the animal, even though there's more. No, no, no. 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 Numbers always matter. This is hubris. You kick them. You just kick the nice, shit out of them. Nice use of hubris. See, that's, that's a word you got to incorporate into that, a review. The that's cigar actually has hubris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want our listeners to have to like look up the word. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. because before I use the word, I'm going to have to look up the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the real truth. So Harold Washington, who was mayor of the, the first black mayor of Chicago, uh, who was great, and he died in office. But he used... By the, a duck or No, a he horse? had a heart attack. He said hubris. It's arrogance. Run wild. He would do that. He'd give a word, and then he'd give you the definition. He was the best orator ever. But he did hubris. He would do that all the time. He said, you're showing hubris, which is arrogance. Run wild. <laughs> it was just great. And that's what you're showing right that's now. What, right. And, and what, what have I said... Duck-sized horses. What have I said is my best trait? My humility. <laughs> I can take on 50 You ducks. said you could be a thousand. <laughs> a thousand. I think I'd take a, a thousand. A thousand? I think I you... Don't, you don't even have... I bet you, standing in this room right now, I bet you a hundred dollars... You couldn't kick 1,000 times. <laughs> I bet you standing still or even sitting, I bet you you couldn't kick 1,000 oh, times. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Standing, yeah. stand, bet you standing in this room right now on camera, you couldn't kick 1,000 times in a row. Like how high? Just any, the, like a duck-sized horse kick. Like this? Like this all day oh, long? Oh, you're going to have to kick harder than that. The, like the that's a kick. you got to kill them, dude. Look, They're that's just like, come look, back I'm matter. kicking. I'm, I'm still kicking. Oh, I'm, like, I'm up to like 75 you're just, right now. You're, you're, what are you giving them, a massage? <laughs> just, are you a duck masseuse? <sighs> that's the title of the episode. Are you a duck masseuse? And other questions. So they're going to have to listen to this show for two and a half hours to to understand, like, why in the hell is the name of this episode? Are you a duck masseuse? How do you get clicks, baby? How do you get people to listen? No, it's going to be like uh, Aaron is a cause of all whatever slash are you a duck masseuse? Yeah. I bet you if we put like a duck sized object. That like bounce like you couldn't kick it a thousand times like a ball, so yeah you couldn't kick a ball a thousand is, times against a wall. Give me like a tether ball or something, dude. Like people that like are trying to be soccer players don't ah. kick the ball a thousand times. Yeah, you are not a soccer player, my friend. A former, he is. He is former. Christian. How former? <laughs> How former? <laughs> what size shoe do you have when you were a soccer player? I bet you it's four. Or something like that. There's no fucking way. Hey, you do fuck. not have the body of a soccer player. <laughs> body of a soccer ball. Yeah. <laughs> but I promise you, like you, that's that's hubris, which is arrogance gone wild, Aaron. That you couldn't kick something a thousand times. Yeah. So, so why? And hard enough to kill it. So the way I the way I, I don't see think it, you can kick a duck hard enough to kill it. I'm sure you could. Either. Ducks fucking come back. Ducks are resilient creatures. They're like they're like. They're like Van Damme. I know one fact ducks about are, ducks, and it's that they're resilient creatures. They are. As bad as it sounds, I think I could kill a duck in one kick. If you could run up to it, and it was in the perfect place, maybe. But ducks ain't trying to get what, kicked. You, do you need us to hold the duck still? For no, you? I mean, evidently the duck's going to charge me. No, so you think <laughs> so, yeah, it's a gonna thousand duck-sized horses are going to charge at you at the same time, and you're going to kick 1,000 times quick enough for them to not overwhelm you. That's the other thing that we're not talking about. This is a speed game. There's no way Patty, you could kick to, fast enough. Yeah. I'm gonna funnel right. it. In. I'm gonna funnel them in like 300. <laughs> right. You know? That's right. There's no strategy. We're in an open field. <laughs> yeah, right. You're in a fairway at a golf course. Yeah. But you don't have a seven iron. And even if you did have a seven iron, you're still there. I bet you you could have a fucking Uzi. 
and not and not beat a thousand right. duck-sized horses. They are moving quickly. They're horses. They right. run. Uzis aren't very accurate either. No. Yeah, just spraying everywhere. I have one in my closet. <laughs> you <laughs> regularly like, shoot at ducks? Yeah, just in case I get overwhelmed by ducks. <laughs> Jared, uh, thanks so much for being on our show. This was awesome. We Thank really you enjoyed guys. all this. This was great. Thanks for the cigar knowledge. Thanks for the fun. Um, thanks for the event. The event was amazing too. And we'll have you back on as soon as we can. Perfect. Hopefully. Perfect. Absolutely. So, I'd love come, to come back. Yeah. Find us. Um, subscribe rate um if you have a duck you want me to kick let me know if you're part of PETA I'm sorry <laughs> yeah it was a hypothetical duck if you have if you have a duck you want me to kick <laughs> we will, uh, we'll see y'all next week be the good later